We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, we are up to episode 78, and we've got yet another special guest this time from 92.3 The Fan right here in Cleveland. Adam the Bull joins us. We're going to talk Indians. We're going to talk Browns. Plus, we've got our Garage Beers of the Week. we got our three Cheers of the Week and so much more. So come on up the driveway, open up your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. And welcome on in, everybody, to episode 78 of the Garage Beers podcast. Go find us online at The Garage Beers on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, on YouTube. Uh, are we on anything else? I think we're on most all of those things. If we're on, if you got social media, we're probably on it. Don't look us up on LinkedIn. With you, as always, I'm your host, Michael Keefe. Go find me online at Garage Beers Mike. Uh, and joining me, as always, in the garage, my two co-hosts. Over on the east side of Cleveland, find him online at Garage Beers Chad. It's Chad Meyer. What's up, Chad? Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Boys, I missed you last week. Joey, dude. dude great job, dude. You freaking oh, killed it, man. Like, Joey, you really made the show last week, Joe. Like, I just I can't say enough about everything you did last week, Joe, for the show. <laughs> it was terrific. It was wonderful. Mike, you were adequate. Uh, but Joe, but Joe. <laughs> Amazing job, man! Really well, amazing job. You can't you can't play your entire head up, hand up one, so you got to kind of <laughs> in a little spurts, you know. Did you just did you just call me adequate? Yeah, dude. Yeah, thank you. That might be the nicest thing you've ever said about me, <laughs> the, uh, dude. I loved I loved the worst giveaway ideas. Oh, uh, I love that. I love that little segment. You know, I just thought of I, I thought of my own when when I was there. Uh, sitting there in North Carolina, staring at this peaceful lake. Uh, so if I could do it real quick, I think I might want to No, please, please. I've been waiting all week for this. Uh, listen, uh, so there is an infamous story that going around because uh, as if anybody doesn't know, I'm, I've kind of been in the sports media uh, and, you know, I've worked between the Cavs, Indians and Browns. I've worked a bunch there, but over the last 12 years. So there's an infamous story going around, uh, in progressive field that, 
well, it was Jacobs Field at the time that when the Indians traded away Paul Sorrento, Ooh. he got so mad. <laughs> he was so pissed <laughs> off about it that he went up to John Hart's office, took a giant dump on his desk <laughs> and, and left and left. So fans, no, this week, this week at the Indians game, it's done on a desk Tuesday. Oh no. Where you eat for the, yes, sir. The first 10,000 fans will receive a little dingus on a desk bobblehead doll oh, and the dingus wiggles no. and the no. dingus wiggles. On the desk. That's the bottle oh. person. <laughs> Doug on the desk Tuesdays. Doug on the desk oh Tuesdays. God. Oh my God. Oh no. And the it's worst like, nachos are half price. Ladies and gentlemen, it's our first ever bobble dump. Bobble dump. Bobble dump. That's right. And then and then Mike, you oh, actually took my idea because because the first thing I the first thing I talked about, it was a little different because the first thing I thought about with the Browns was uh, yeah. uh, the move, the franchise yeah. move. You said yeah. a move. You yeah. said a moving truck. I was going to put Art Modell in a Greyhound bus with like the bobblehead part being his hand waving. <laughs> <laughs> his hand waving. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. But we'll just we'll just go with this. We'll just go. That's right, fans. Let's relive 1987 as each of us 10,000 fans are going to receive an Ernest Viner statue with the no. ball coming out of his hand. No. <laughs> Wait, what no. is it? Poor Ernest. The Poor fumble. Ernest. The fumble, Joe. Oh, the ball coming out of his hand. Oh. No. <laughs> oh, out of his hand. Ernest Viner is a good dude. Oh, he is. No. He is. But in terms of worst giveaway ideas, that's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good. bad one. It's really, it's really, it's, I'd be, I'd be pissed if they gave that away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I dump, dump, the, dump, I, dump, dump uh, bobble dump. I kind of want, I kind of want that giveaway, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't think of one for the Cavs, but the Indians and Browns. That's what I got. Here's uh for the Indians. Here's uh Jason. What was that? What was the guy? The guy's name that crawled through the vents to get Albert Bell's. Uh, Jason uh, Grimsley. Yeah. Here's a Jason Grimsley stuck in a vent. <laughs> <laughs> just his legs sticking out. It's, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just a, it's just a piece of that like uh, uh like collapsible ceiling. You just his head stuck in there like it's it's moved. Yeah. Like you see yeah. the hand just moving the panel. Uh, or or him hanging like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, man, Chad, it's so good to have you back. Uh, glad yeah, you man. had a great vacation with the family. Uh, your pictures looked awesome. I know you posted a little bit about it on the on the Garage Beers page, uh, but yeah. we're glad to have you back. You heard him yeah. already. Uh, but my other co-host here down in Nashville, Tennessee, Joey Whalen at Garage Beers. Joe, what's up, Joe? I uh, what it, it's August, right? Yeah, it's August. It, it sure is. I I'm learning so many things about fantasy baseball. Oh, um, oh my God. I was just in sailing way with this league, right? I was in second. I was gaining momentum. Uh, and then uh, this past week, actually like two days ago, I realized that there is a cap to the amount of starts that your starting pitchers can have. <laughs> So what I was doing, I was like, holy shit, the starting pitchers are getting so many points. Oh, Let me shit. just dump all my relievers, fill my entire roster with starters, and then that's, <laughs> that was going to be my points. Like, I was just going to rely on the starters. Well, with a month to go in the season, uh, I'm done in this league. There's no way I can compete. Oh, uh, no. Fantasy baseball sucks. Oh, it sucks so bad. It I sucks. I'm probably going to do it again next year, but like, oh, boy, did I did I mess up. That was like bad. fantasy 
fantasy football is a lot to manage, but fantasy baseball goes beyond that. Daily. It's daily. I'm on a daily looking at it. The best thing about fantasy football, you watch the games. It's one time a week. You make your changes. Boom. Whatever. You're done with it unless somebody gets hurt. You don't have to manage it all the time. Fantasy baseball is just, it's too much. It is too Mm -hmm. much. Anyways, uh, Joe, good to have you back in the garage. Uh, Chad, good to have you back in the garage. As always, the Garage Beers podcast is brought to you proudly on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. And again, as we announced last week, we are also on Unhinged Radio, uh, Unhinged Internet Radio, uh, which, uh, again, partnered with Belly Up recently. And so you can either listen to us on any podcast hosting site or you can jump onto the Unhinged Radio Network and you can listen to us Monday mornings. Uh, we really do. We we love the Unhinged group. And like I said last week, they're kind of our, uh, they're like our flavor flave. They they just jump on Twitter. They're, they're our hype men. So again, check out Belly Up, check out Unhinged. Uh, but now it's time for us. We got a great episode here. We got a wonderful special guest uh, uh, that we are excited to get to. We talked to him. We'll send it to that interview soon with Adam the Bull from 92.3 The Fan here. But before we get to that, we got to do our favorite segment of the week, and that is our Garage Beers of the Week segment. And I'm going to start with Chad because he is literally making an O face at me because he just tasted ah. his beer. And I know like he's grunting and like moaning. And so I just got to send it over to him. Chad, what's your Garage Beer of the Week this week? Well, boys, that, that the reason why I'm doing that now is because my Garage Beer of the Week. Now, don't get me wrong. In my drinking career, and all of your professional drinking careers, uh, I've had plenty of beers, but I just took my first sip. I just took my first sip of a type of beer that I've never had before. Wow! And it is uh, fucking amazing. <laughs> oh, let's off, go! First off, first off, let me just look at just let me just show you the can. This is up for uh, as far as can art goes. I think this is up for like can of the year. Oh, is that, that is that an owl on it? Is that the predator Look at that thing? Look at wow. that thing. That's pretty wild. Look how awesome that is. Yeah, okay. that's sweet. And, and so my beer is from. I brought it back from North Carolina. It's called. It's from uh, Bramari Brewing Company in Asheville, North Carolina. One of the brewery and, capitals of the world. And and fellas, this is the set it on fire Rouch beer. You ever oh, yeah. had a Rouch beer? Yeah, I've never had a Rouch this beer. Is, boys, this is a smoked lager. Oh, and I, I, I'm telling you, it's got like, it's got like a sweet. It's 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 initially it's sweet, but then the finish is like, if you could, if you could like, put the put the scent of campfire into a beer. Yeah, like that's that's the finish of a smoked lager, and and it is just absolutely delicious. I'm so glad I bought this. So you, obviously, Chad, you're into it. Have you had a smoked beer like that before, Joe? No, I didn't know that so, existed. It's funny. And, and I've got nothing against it. I, I will obviously say nothing again. That is one of the very few types of beer that it's mm-hmm. just not my thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. That smokiness. It's, it's a taste that you got to just, I like smoked cocktails. Yeah. Like when you put bourbon and you smoke it and all that, I like the smoke beers are just not, I've tried a hundred of them because I want to like them. Cause I'm, I feel like it's manly to like a smoked thing. And it's just not my thing. It's just not my thing. I'm not manly enough for it. Chad, you, you've got the chest and back hair to handle it. And the muscles. Don't get the muscles. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> the muscles. Uh-huh. 
Awesome. Well, hey, man, that, that the, the can art's awesome, and it sounds like a terrific beer. So uh, a, a Rouch beer from Chad for the first time. Joe, what's your garage beer of the week this week? No beer. Oh, sorry. Beer. Garage drink of the week. Garage drink. We're taking a break from beer this week. Uh, just like a, it's like a planned rest day, like for LeBron, but it's just like a plan, right. like <laughs> no beer week for Joe. Load, it's load management. <laughs> Lo- yeah. That's it. It's it's my load management. Load um, management. So I'm going mixed drink. The drink itself, nothing fancy. It's it's a soda and it's sorry, it's a pop and it's rum. Thank you. So that's nothing fancy, but the pop is really good. Uh, from St. Louis, Missouri. I have Fitz's premium cream soda Ooh. Uh, that my girlfriend who was driving through St. Louis. And every time she goes through, she gets this cream soda. It's phenomenal. I love cream. Let's soda. go. Let's it's go. Like, I don't know why that's not like more of a staple. Just like I agree. Restaurants. It, it's it, it is on the tier of root beer. I think uh, mixed drinks and cream soda. Delicious. Like, why are we not doing that more? Um, I agree. So, yeah, so I'm having this cream soda, and that's my garage drink of the week. Cream soda and rum? And rum. What kind of rum are we drinking? It's not. It's Bacardi. It's oh, all right. Oh, that's fine. Bacardi and cream uh, soda. Get after it, Joe. Yeah. yeah. Malibu coconut? Malibu no, coconut no, rum? it's just uh, just white rum. <laughs> Although I do love uh, one of my favorite, like, rums for mixing. So not, like, fancy rums, but fancy mixing rums. rums is the Blue Chair Bay vanilla rum. I don't know if they sell that up there, but it is one of the best mixing rums with the Coke. It's like a vanilla rum and Coke. Oh my God. It's so good. Uh, Get it. All right. So we got an awesome smoked beer. We've got a delicious rum and cream soda. I like, you know, Joe, it's not, you you, you did a mixed drink. You did kind of a cheapo mixed drink, but you didn't, you you fancied it up. I like the cream soda. I did. I like the cream soda. That's my, that's my MO. And then Boys, I apologize. I apologize if I'm silent for a second. My can says drink immediately. So I got, I got to be finished. Finished finish your beer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, listen, guys, it, it brings it to me. So let me crack this open. Oh, yeah. Um, again, we've talked about this a thousand times when it comes to this time of the year. I am a very basic bitch. Pumpkin. Mm-hmm. It is pumpkin season. And it's going to no, be. Pump- yes, it is. Shut the fuck up. No, it's not. Yes, it no, is. It's not. It is no pumpkin stop. season and it's going to be pumpkin season until not, we don't have pumpkin season anymore. But it is just pumpkin like season. it's stout season in the summer for you. No way. Hey, hey, ass face. Walk into a beer store right now and tell me what beers you see right up front. What are they featuring? It's all pumpkin. Probably, probably all pumpkin IPAs. Beer. Probably IPAs. The market's saturated with those disgusting beers. God damn it. It's all pumpkin beers. I walked into the store yesterday. Everything up front is just all the pumpkin beers. They're all out. And I am just in on the pumpkin beers. And I've got one of my favorite breweries, and I've never been there, and I need to remedy this from Akron. Uh, and I think I've had a Hop and Frog on here before, but Hop and Frog Brewery, they are so good at the things they do. Like they do the turbo shandy, and it's delicious. They do like kind of flavored beers, and they're delicious. The Hop and Frog beers are the absolute bee's knees. It's one of the best breweries in the Cleveland, Akron area. And this is Frog's Hollow double pumpkin ale get it give me the pumpkin in my life uh and it's guys it's great it's great i had pumpkin last week i've got the hop and frog double pumpkin this week get give it to me injected in my veins 
I don't think you can go to it. Is it? Is it isn't it just a brewery that distribute like a small little brewery that just distributes? It used to be, but they've they've opened up like a tap room and stuff down at Hop and Frog now. So I actually think they have a restaurant now. So yeah, you can you can definitely go there. And I definitely want to do that. I just don't go to Akron all that much in my life. Why? Uh, for <laughs> convenience purposes, mileage, gas prices. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Boys. Uh, Listen, it's, so good have, down to Akron. it's good to have okay. all three of us back. It's good to have Chad back. Uh, boys, to you here on the podcast, cheers. To you guys listening, cheers. As always, I say, uh, if you got a garage beer you want us to try, if you got a pumpkin beer that you're like, Mike is basic and he needs to try this pumpkin beer, send it. If you've got a, uh, an IPA, send it to Chad. If you got an IPA, send it to Chad. He probably wants to try it. Uh, oh. But but send us beer suggestions. We will go find them. We will try them. We'll call you out on the podcast. Uh, but uh, now it's time to get into this episode. And we recorded an episode with uh, just an absolutely spectacular uh, uh, special guest, Adam the Bull from 92.3 The Fan. So we're going to jump over to that right now. All right. And now we are very excited to bring in our uh, another amazing special guest. Uh, and guys, this is, this is just, uh, it's awesome to watch week after week. We've been doing this for... This is episode 78, and we've got 70 special guests that we've had on, and uh, and we're very lucky to have yet another one here on the Garage Beers podcast. Uh, if you're in Cleveland, if you like Cleveland sports, you know this guy. He's been around for about a decade now. We'll get the official time, but about a decade uh, as the afternoon drive, uh, one of the hosts of the afternoon drive show on 92.3 The Fan. Uh, he is one half of the Bull and Fox. It is Adam the Bull. Adam the Bull. Adam the Bull. Bull. Adam Bull. Yeah. Whatever we want to call you. Way. Welcome <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Good to be here. And I got to tell you, you know, obviously I'm on the radio. I don't do a lot of TV. I don't do a lot of video chatting. And like, I can't help, even though I don't really like looking at myself, I'm like, I keep looking at my own picture. It's driving me crazy. I don't really like oh, yeah. how I look. It's not like I'm enamored with how I look. I just, my eyes keep going to my own picture. I almost want to put like a, a piece of tape over my own picture so I don't look. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> Right. Yeah. There's a reason I use muted light. Well, like that's why I just try to <laughs> keep myself in the yeah. dark. Listen, he does that for us as, as much as he does for anybody. Yeah, it's right, right. a rough go. Uh, Bull, man. Yes. Uh, so what is the, um, cause I was trying to think it's a funny yeah. story. Uh, I used to work for the crushers out in Avon and I was their promotions yeah. director. I was their on-field host. And we had a, we had an Ohio state Buckeyes night. Yeah. And that night, one of our Buckeyes that we had to come sign autographs and stuff was none other than Dustin Fox. Sure. And he got a text as he was getting ready to throw out the first pitch that he was going to be the host of the Bull and Fox. And right. it was it like happened right there as he was getting ready to throw out the first pitch. So wh yeah. what was the official like first on air date for the Bull and Fox? I'm trying to remember. It was August 29th, 2011. Ten years. That's, yes, you're right. Well, It'll be Sunday is exactly 10 years. It's a good job out of you. Uh, yeah, we, that's the day the station went on and that's the day we went on for the first time. Yeah. And I had, uh, Dustin and I had done one practice run, maybe three, four weeks before. I can't remember exactly. We did like maybe a half hour together and I had done a few test runs with a few other people. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. And then we met for the first time, I want to say a week before that was the first time we met in person when we did the test run, I was in New York and he was in Cleveland and we did it, you know, that way. But, but I, we, we met for the first time 
like I said, about a week before the station went on the air, give or take a few days. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I I, I, I still remember that. And I was like, man, we, uh, 10 years. I was trying to think of it today. 10 years. Yeah. So congratulations. Uh, obviously, you. you're in order. 10 years. Uh, you're a Clevelander now. You're, you're just a full on. You're a full on Clevelander. I really am. I, I say to my friends and family, both my friends here and my family uh, and friends back home in New York, I say uh, I'm like a mutt, right? I'm a half New Yorker, half right. Clevelander. Right. It's it, it's the longest. I mean, I've never done anything for more than four years. I've never gone to a school for more than four years. I've never done any other job for more than four <laughs> years. Change. And so 10 years, especially in this business, it's it's kind of mind blowing. But right. yeah, I mean, I love living here. We're happy. We're really happy. You know, we bought a home about six years ago, and uh, yeah, it's great. And my son's, you know, my son's born and raised Clevelander, so he's he's eight, and that's all he knows. Hey, that's the uh, that's the life of being in radio and TV, man. You you jump around. You're not you're never right. in somewhere for more than two years. And yeah, now now Adam, you know, you know Adam the Bull. I guess that's my first question: is where does the name come from? Where 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 does Adam the Bull come from? So it started um, actually when I was a kid, when um, when I was a kid, I played first base in Little League. Mm -hmm. I was a big kid. I was believe it or not, I was actually tall when I was really young. (laughs) And then I stopped growing and everybody else passed me. But (laughs) oh, geez. okay. (laughs) But like in the in the fourth, fifth and sixth grade, I was like one of the tallest kids in the class because I've basically been this height since the fourth grade, which is tall for the fourth grade, but not tall for an adult. Obviously. <laughs> so, so when I, when the, when I was a kid in the early eighties, the Cubs, as you guys know, I'm a Cubs fan yep. and the Cubs yep. had a first baseman named Leon Durham and his nickname was bull. And I played first base and I was a lefty. Ah. And, and so my friends just started, I was a big kid and my friends just started calling me bull when I was a kid because I liked Leon Durham and I played first base. And then when I went to college, um, I had a roommate whose name also his name was Adam too. And one of the guys was like, "Well, one of you have a nickname?" And I said, "Well, my friends used to call me Bull, and that's what it really took off." And then oh, for okay. radio, my my last name is really long, and it's not a good radio name, <laughs> so it just kind of I just went with it and stuck. Well, that was that was the thing that took me again. Uh, you just you're just Adam the Bull. I've been listening to you for ten years on the radio. You're Adam the Bull, so right. you 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 agree to come very graciously agree to come on with us. And I'm like, all right, I got to get a little research into Adam the Bull. I listen to him, yeah. but you know, I, I got to get a little. And all of a sudden, your last name comes up, and I realize it's right. like the best kept secret. I had no idea what your last name was. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you can find it, obviously, right? Um, and I've actually said it on the air like two or three times. Just to kind of mess, because there used to be a guy, he doesn't call anymore, or or maybe he does, and Keith, our producer, knows everybody's voice now, so maybe he doesn't let him through. But there used to be a guy who would call, and at the end, he would like purposely say my last name. And I'd always dump it. I'd always dump it, because yeah. it's like, you don't get to say my last name, because I, you know, I'm, I don't use it for a reason. But right. I, so once in a while, I just kind of randomly throw it out there. But I've only said it a few times, but it's not hard to find. It's not like I'm keeping it that big a secret. I just don't mention it usually. Well, listen, we're not going to say it either, but I will say (laughs) it totally threw me off because it it just, you're a New York guy. For some reason, every New York guy to me is Italian. Yeah. It is not an Italian name. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely not. (laughs) Definitely not. No. Uh, All right. So, uh, but just talk to us a little bit because we we yeah. we looked up a little bit of your history. First of all, I love that your first paid job was with the Batavia Muck Dogs. 
Yeah. And I, and I just wonder why pro sports teams can't get it right. Like minor league teams do the muck dogs. That's a great name. How do you not? Yeah. yeah. Like why can't pro sports teams be the banana slugs and the muck dogs? And I know, or the, uh, the Jacksonville jumbo shrimp. I mean, that's a great, (laughs) the trash pandas. I just got back from uh, North Carolina on vacation and I went to a Durham Bulls game bowl with, uh, and they they were playing the Jacksonville jumbo shrimp. Exactly. I mean, there's great names. What's funny. The, uh, they weren't always the muck dogs. The original Batavia team for many years, they were the Batavia Clippers, which is kind of boring. Yeah. Okay. And then around the time I worked there, I think just a couple of years before they changed the name to the muck dogs, which is an, it was an awesome name. I loved it. It's a random thing, but like, do you ever get, you guys ever see summer catch? Oh sure. yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. when Dr. Dr. Cox is the scout and he does, sends Freddie Prince to the Batavia muck dogs. That's right. <laughs> That's what I thought That's about right. when I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's so, true. so you like, you got your start in like, what is to be honest with you, like the cradle of broadcasting, right? Upstate New York is like yeah. where broadcasters go to have their birth in their careers. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of guys. Yeah. So you get your start in upstate New York. You eventually move back to New York city where you're from Brooklyn, New yeah. York city. Uh, yeah. And you've done a, a lot of cool things, right? You've done play by play for hall of fame games. Uh, you've called um, uh, the cyclones. You've done a little cyclones, couple games there. Yeah. Uh, so you're home. So what's it like for you? First of all, here's this station in 92, three, that's just getting going and the fan yeah. is around, right? So it's not like that's new. Yeah, but ninety two three is just getting going. What's it like for you to say I'm going to uproot? I'm going to move to Cleveland. We're going to start a brand new station. Like, what yeah. kind of faith do you have to have in that? Well, it was a no brainer for me. Honestly, I was working in New York and I was working a lot, but I was still part time. Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted a full time opportunity. I was looking for an opportunity to be on the air every day. You know, they gave me a good opportunity in New York to work a lot, but I didn't have my own show there and I and I wanted it. And um, what's funny is, um, is, is and I've told the story, I think once or maybe twice on the air, but I don't know if you guys have heard it. But so maybe six months, I don't remember the exact timeline, but roughly six months before the station went on the air. I got a call from I was I had done an overnight show because in New York, yeah. they, they're local 24 hours. Yep. Um, so I had done an overnight show and my boss in New York, um, uh, Mark Chernoff, who is Indians GM, Mike Chernoff's father. Oh, nice. That's yeah, awesome. He, he called me into his office at, I had just gotten off the air 6am and he's already in, oh. he calls me into his office and I'm like, Oh, did I do something wrong on the overnight <laughs> oh, show? Yeah. And he calls me in his office. He says, I may have a full-time opportunity for you. Hey. And oh. I said, well, that's fantastic. I'm like, can you tell me more? He's like, well, only thing I can tell you is it's east of the Mississippi River. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's <what he> says. <laughs> Sweet. That's it. So I go home. <laughs> I go home and I wake up my wife and I'm like, he just told me I'm good. They're going to, they may offer me a full-time job. Uh, he said, it's east of the Mississippi. Now, he didn't say it was going to be a new station. So I assumed it was a station that already existed. Sure. So I go on the, at the time, we were owned by CBS. I go on the CBS radio website, and I look at all the markets east of the Mississippi. And my wife and I are sitting there at 7 o'clock in the morning in our tiny little apartment in Bayonne, New Jersey. (laughs) And I'm like, 
Chicago, that's awesome. Miami, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going through Boston. Like, okay, these are all. And I was like, I said to my wife, as long as it's not Detroit, I'm happy. Well, all oh, right, right. And and because there was there was no, I didn't even think of Cleveland because there was no Cleveland mm-hmm. station. Now I don't even know why I said that about Detroit. It's probably the same biases that people say about Cleveland because sure. you don't know any better. I'd never been to Detroit. Sure. Just like I'd never been to Cleveland before I moved here. And by the way, if I had got if, if it had been Detroit, I would have gone. I would have gone to Detroit. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Sure. Yeah. yeah, in a heartbeat. Right, but yeah. uh, probably so would anyway, have been Dubuque. It would have went <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so three. So, but I'm like, okay, this is this is awesome. So I, I don't hear anything. A few weeks later, he calls me. Uh, he calls me up and he says, "We got a job for you in Cleveland, or we may have a job for you in Cleveland. They're starting a new station, in Cleveland." Oh, geez. And my first reaction is someone who had never been to Cleveland, to be honest. And I've said this on the air, never been to Cleveland. You hear the same stupid stuff that people that don't know anything say. <laughs> and I was like, Cleveland, you know, my in my mind, I'm like, eh, I wasn't excited, but I still said to him, okay, great. Here we go. Full-time opportunity. Right. But in my mind, I was, I was excited, but I was also for a minute, I was like, eh, it wasn't, you know, I was thinking sure. more sexier cities, places I've been. Well, within a couple of weeks, I started doing research on Cleveland. I happened to like meet randomly within like a week or two. I met like two people that were from Cleveland that had moved to New York. Hmm. And then I found out that uh, somebody I had recently become friends with had had lived in Cleveland for a little while. And everybody I spoke to had some good things to say. So that little bit of like, eh. After a couple of weeks, I was like, okay. And I went from 95% excited to 100% excited. Everybody says Cleveland's great. Awesome. So now it's a month later, and I'm soup. I'm through the roof. Can't wait. I'm just waiting to find out when it was, you know, when I'm officially going to get the call and maybe offer the job and when it's going to start. I'm pumped. Couldn't be more excited. My wife's excited. We looked up places to live in Cleveland. I mean, we were all over it, all over it. I get a call a couple weeks after that from again mark Chernoff, and he says they decided not to start the station in cleveland so oh oh man and i said i, I was devastated so here i went from like and eh, cleveland to like oh my god i want to go to cleveland so <laughs> now i'm devastated so upset i was heartbroken i was in yeah. my mind i had already moved to cleveland i was heartbroken so I was like, okay, I got to move on. What am I going to do? It's not going to happen. So a few weeks later, I speak to uh, this, this guy who was the program director of a news station in New York it, within the same company that I was working for. And he said to me, we're looking for a morning sports anchor for our news. And I didn't want to do that. No. I mean, I really didn't want to do that. Yeah. But I just got married. And it was a full-time opportunity and it would have been, you know, pretty good money. Sure. And so I was like, okay, you know, let's see, I'll I'll try it for a week, see if I like it. And, you know, maybe I'll do it till something better comes along. And so I'm about, so, so it's, 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 I think it was June or July. And I'm supposed to do a week of this morning show where I got to get up at like three in the morning on a uh, Monday. Uh, and that Friday, Mark Chernoff calls me again and says, Cleveland's back on. Hey. Uh, You're going to get a call next week from, he mentioned our two bosses, Tom and, and Dave, who are the two bosses in Cleveland. It's like, one of them's going to call you next week. 
You negotiate your deal, blah, blah, blah. They're offering you a job. Okay, I'm thrilled. Now I got to still get up every day. I've already made this commitment to do this. (laughs) Oh, no. So I'm getting up all next week at three in the morning. I'm like, oh, this sucks. But I I didn't want to bail out on them, so I did it anyway. Obviously, I had no interest in taking that job at that point. (laughs) I get the call the next week. We we make the deal, and and the rest is history. But, you know, and then we did a couple of uh, test runs with a few different people. And eventually did the test run with Dustin. And I felt like that was the best chemistry. And, and here we are. I love it. Oh, well, it was a long story. I don't know if it's too long. No, it's not too long. I mean, it's that perfect. Listen, first of yeah. all, we're all Clevelanders. Yeah. So we love when anybody says anything good about Cleveland. Plus you love yeah. when you're from Cleveland, the one thing you love more than anything else is that transition story, right? Yeah. That like uh, Cleveland to then somebody finally comes here and they're like, Oh, this doesn't suck. It's awesome. Yeah. And, and uh, I liked Cleveland right away when we first moved here. We lived in Lakewood. We rented a... What's funny is when I was first moving here, uh, my boss says to me, you should look for a place on the east side. Uh, now, where do you guys live? Where do you guys live? So I'm on the I'm, east side. I'm a west sider. I believe I grew up in the city you live in. Okay. I live in yeah. Nashville. So well, oh, I actually used to live in the house that Michael's in right now. Correct. Okay. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm on okay, the east. So, I, I grew up on yeah. the west side, but I, I've, okay. I've yeah. been on the east side of the past eight so years. So you're a trader. You've sold out and gone to the east Correct. side. My boss says to me, he suggests we look on the east side. And I, I didn't know what I had no clue. We had come. We had, uh, So we came for a visit a few weeks before the, the, the show, the, the, the show and the station were going on the air. And we looked at we were going to rent because we wanted to, you know, feel it out before mm-hmm. we bought a house. And so we look around the east side and we checked out a couple of places in Solon. We looked in Beachwood. We looked in Lindhurst, I think it was. I don't know. And right. nothing we liked. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah. And then finally, somebody suggested to me, well, why don't you look at Lakewood? You know, it's yeah. really convenient to get downtown. Yeah. And we loved Lakewood. Loved Lakewood. We rented a house in Lakewood and I loved it. I would have stayed in Lakewood, but we couldn't. When we would buy a house, there was not. We just couldn't find the right house. So we did move to Rocky River. But hey, hey. I realized that I realized after that, I think the reason, well, I won't even get into it, but that's, I'll leave that alone. But, but anyway, <laughs> but um, I, so I did end up on the West side and the West side is just, it's just so much easier getting downtown from the yeah. West side. Oh my gosh. Know? It's not even, yeah, it's not even, it's not even comparable. The highways like disappear on the East side. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's crazy. What's so funny is, when I was living in, in New Jersey and New York, right? Like I lived in, as mentioned, a town called Bayonne, which yes. is very close to New York City. Mm-hmm. And from Bayonne to where the radio station was in New York, is, which is just outside the Holland Tunnel, is like with no traffic, it's like a 15-minute drive. Right. But unless I was doing an overnight show, I, it never took 15 minutes. Never. Most of the time, it took 40 minutes to an hour. Right. And if it was really like, if I was going in for, if I was doing a night show on a Friday and I had to be in at like five o'clock, it could take me two hours or even more. Right. So I would be in the car all the time. Now that I live on the West side here for the last 10 years, if I'm in the car for more than like 15 minutes, I'm losing my, I'm like, what (laughs) are you kidding me? What the hell is going on? (laughs) Yeah. I used to be in the car. It used to take me 20 minutes just to go to the other side of my town in New Jersey. Yeah. If I drive anywhere more than 20 minutes now, I'm like. I can't go to Solon. I'm out in the boondocks. Are you crazy? (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. I like when Cleveland people complain about traffic. They're like, it took yeah. me a half hour. And I'm like, you idiot have no idea right. what other people go through. Yeah. And I you feel you, and they feel like they have to, like, if you're going west, the west side to east side, you feel like you have to pack a bag because it's like a vacation. I'm the opposite of that, though. I'm a born and raised west side, but I like, I like, I like the east side, too. I like to visit. I well, cross, there are I good cross things the about the sure, I cross. Sure, sure. Yes. Uh, all right. So, Adam, uh, before yeah. we get into sports, uh, since we're sharing the Cleveland love as a guy who's been here for 10 years, you're not allowed to say Delmonico's. Mm, okay. okay. Where, yeah. where, where are your places? Where are your places in Cleveland? My fa- if somebody, when somebody comes to visit me and they say, what's the one food place I have to go to? My first choice is always Mitchell's ice cream. Well, even though it's not ooh, a main course. Yes. Okay. Of course, yes. Okay. Yes. But every person that visits me in Cleveland we always go to Mitchell's. That's yep. that is the place. You're going to be my son's favorite podcast guest. He's he's only four, but my god, do we have to go there all the it's time? It's the best. It's the best ice cream I have ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. They never let you down. It's amazing. What's your favorite flavor? Um, my favorite flavor, uh, I would say, is probably double chocolate chunk. Oh, go probably on. Probably my favorite. Ooh, yeah. Okay. I'm not that adventurous with my flavors. That's okay. To be honest. That sounds delicious. I might, I might have to get out of here for a minute, boys. Yeah, right. Get some <laughs> Mitchell's. And I haven't had it in like three weeks. I'm losing my mind. But, um, I love I love Slimans. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I have my pizza joints that I like. Uh, Sweet basil in Westlake. And um, uh, I just forgot it. Il, Il Rione. Oh, yeah. In, in okay. uh, Tree, uh, Ohio oh. City. Yes. Uh, I love. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Um, Oh, in Ohio City, the the place that makes I'm, I'm, oh larder, larder. Oh yeah. There. Oh yeah. yeah. Woo, that pastrami sandwich. You're looking at the pastrami sandwich. Well, bro? the pastrami sandwich is amazing, and their fried chicken sandwich. Fried is chicken. Ooh. Their chicken thigh. It's a fried chicken thigh. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. Cleveland's yes, got amazing. it. I tell my friends. I tell my friends in the my New York friends. Say it. Um, all the time that Cleveland's got a great food scene. Yeah. Um, especially, especially like American style food, Italian food's good. The pizza, I thought the pizza would suck when I moved here and I've, you know, I got two places I love, but there's you know, like five or six places that I, I think are solid that, and that, you know, I haven't been everywhere. Hey, and listen, you, Rocky, Rocky River. Like, okay. One of my first jobs I ever had my whole life was Pelicano's yeah. pizza, and I still everybody loves Pelicano's. Yeah, I, I've had it a couple times. It's solid. Get the chicken club. Pizza. The chicken club pizza is unlike. I don't like chicken on my. I don't. No chicken oh. on the pizza for me. All right. Fine. No chicken. No, no, no pie. Don't get that. Then don't get it. It's fine. Yeah. And are, are you real particular about your pie, there, uh, Adam? Because I work with a guy. Like I work down at the Cas, down at the arena with the with the yeah. scoreboard show, the in arena show, and we got a guy there who's originally from Albany. And yeah. he and he says there is not a good slice in Cleveland. He's a, no, he's, he's wrong. First he's of all, wrong. what would he know? He's not really from New York. He's from <laughs> Albany. <laughs> he know what he's talking about. It's basically Albany Massachusetts. What are you even talking about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a- anything north of the Bronx is not really New York. It's Vermont. I mean, yeah. So okay. he doesn't know what he's talking about. I can't wait to tell him that. Yeah, the pizza here is good. No, any. It's silly. When people say the pizza is not good, it's stupid. It, are there going to be as many great choices as New York City for pizza? Of course not. First of all, it's a much bigger city with a lot more people. And that's, you know, the primary food. But there's plenty of good. Ch- I lived, you know, I, when I lived in parts of upstate New York, there were some places I lived where you couldn't find a single good place. So, yeah, there's good pizza here. No doubt. Anybody that says there's no good pizza is, is an idiot. I, you know, I've, I've found, I, uh, 
I have every style of food. There's at least one place I like. I have my, you know, my Chinese yeah. places. Yeah, uh, sure, sure. Dragon Towers at Cam's Corner. Yes, delicious. I like two. I, I get. Uh, I love uh, Sushi Eighty Six downtown. They've got mm. good food. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe's Deli here in Rocky River. Yes, that's, that's great. some of the best. There's a lot. You know, the Rocky River. Uh, 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 flip side, great burgers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Rocky River Brewing Company is like you know. I love going there to eat. Uh, you know. So they, I, I, I mean, I could go on and on with restaurants, oh, yeah. but there's a ton of great food in Cleveland. I tell that's I, I argue with people all the time about that. Uh, Cleveland has it's diverse, right? I didn't realize that every city doesn't have diverse food offerings until I moved away from Cleveland. And I remember when I was in Texas, I was like, "All right, where can I go get a pierogi?" And they looked at me and said, "What's a pierogi?" And I said, "I have to move back to Cleveland. Like, oh, yeah. this isn't going to do it. For yeah, me. like we can't. Can't. Have I know. That. I know. I love love pierogies. Yeah." Um, the only food that I would say I've been disappointed Ooh. in Cleveland is barbecue. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't have any of them. Not much. Yeah, I feel like the barbecue places I've been disappointed in. That's the only style of food that I've been. Everything yeah. else, I have something I love. There's there's great choices. Yeah, I think a lot of the barbecue here is like, okay. It's like, all right, that's fine. But it's not. Yeah, great. right, exactly. Yeah. Grumpies for brunch, like a oh. Sunday brunch. Ooh, love grumpies, grumpies, love grumpies. Yeah. And uh, what do you call it? Um, oh, the place um, the place on Center Ridge Road. Rustic. Oh, God. God. I mean, their pancakes oh, are awesome. I've been going oh, there since I was like two years old to Rustic. Yeah, I mean. It's been there forever. It looks like you walk in for a second, you're like, I don't know. But then you're like, wow, the food's awesome. Well, Rocky River's got two of those places. It's got Rustic and Bearden's. You can get a peanut butter burger at either one of them. <laughs> you can't go wrong yeah. with that. <laughs> uh, all right. So enough Cleveland yeah. love for a minute. Uh, let's get into a little bit of sports. Uh, Bull, uh, we've had other um, radio personalities on the show, some from your station, some from other stations. We won't talk about yeah. that. But That's fine. Uh, we're in that. Uh, we all know each other, by the way. Like, we know each other. Well, we were. So we had we had uh, Emmett Golden on a little while ago, yeah. a couple weeks ago. And he was like, we're in that thing now as radio hosts. We're the only thing people want to talk about are the Browns. Yeah. Yes. So let's talk about the Indians for a minute. Let's okay, give you sure. a little break. And let's talk about the Indians for a minute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we do an Indians week in review. Uh, last week was shitty, uh, but this week was better. Uh, this was a better week. Not as many games, but man, what a nice weekend that was for the tribe. Uh, the pitching was dominant against the Angels. And yeah. then, uh, like, really, first of all, the thing I want to talk about, that, that was pretty cool, that Little League World Series game. Uh, I don't know why. I feel like I've never really watched that before. <laughs> Maybe because the Indians weren't in it. But yeah, that was pretty cool. What'd you think of that whole event? I know that's it's awesome. The fact that like Chris Antonetti, who you think of as such a straight laced guy, is like jumped on the the cardboard and slid down the hill. Yes, <laughs> that was cool. The uniforms, I like the uniforms. I, you know, baseball needs to do more stuff like this. The Field of Dream games was awesome, uh, and I've been watching the Little League World Series a lot. I I'm really into it. The kids are really good. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a great game. It was a great weekend. I was disappointed to see Tristan McKenzie go on the yeah, IL today. Bummer. But uh, I'm really optimistic about the pitching for next year because, as you know, this weekend, as you said, great weekend. Uh, McKenzie pitched great this weekend, and so did Quantrill. Those two guys, I mean, Quantrill, since the start of July, really, I think he's got like 10 really good. I hate this fact quality start. It's such a stupid stat, but (laughs) he has, he's pitched well 10 starts in a row. And McKenzie, I think it's six of his last eight have been really good. You know, and the thing, the reason I'm excited about those two guys, is because they have pedigree, right? So there's reason to believe it can last because they were both top prospects. They both have really good stuff. 
They're just both young, and it takes some time. Mackenzie's barely pitched in the big leagues. And I feel like some people were starting to write him off. And he was, yeah, he wasn't good early in the season. He didn't even, he didn't even pitch in AAA, though. Like, he didn't, he just came no, from AA to, boom, Major League Baseball. Exactly. And, and I, I am worried so, about, oh, go ahead. I am worried about his ability to stay healthy because his body, you know, he's so thin and, right. you know, he's lanky. And I'm a little worried about that. And again, he misses some time. Hopefully it's nothing. But, you know, if, if he and Quantrill can pitch anything close to the way they have lately, you know, with Savali and with Bieber, hopefully healthy next year. Police act's been awful uh, lately, right. but you know the rotation's got so much. I just, mm-hmm. just in general, their pitching should be really strong next year. The lineup's another story, but uh, the pitching should be great next year. Well, I think. and 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 like think of how spoiled we are in Cleveland that if a guy isn't good right when he gets called up, because that's what's been, it's what always has happened here. I know when when you called up Plesek, he was good, and most people never even knew anything about Plesek. When you exactly. called up Savali, nobody knew anything about Savali, and he was right. just good. And it goes all the way back to Corey Kluber. When the yeah. Indians called up Corey Kluber, nobody knew who Corey Kluber was. Like That's right. diehard fans did, but like he wasn't this pedigree type prospect. No, and he comes I up. Mean, Bauer was right. You know, Bauer was. He was a high draft pick, and and I think we knew Carrasco because he was part of the big trade, but. Yeah. But Carrasco, we remember, took forever. And they remember, he had to go to the bullpen. Yeah. He was a disaster. And then he went to the bullpen and he got himself right and he, you know, was great and <laughs> but, became a staple. But we're sitting here talking about Tristan and, and Quantrill like it took yeah. them a while. Like, I know. Really. Right. And then you look around the league and you look at some of these other like slapdicks, like Lance Lynn took forever to become a good pitcher. Not, know, he's a stud. not three months. It took him like eight years to become a good pitcher. He was just the most eh, pitcher and now he's a stud. Yeah. Well, it goes back to football. We have a football mentality in this town. And in football, we have no patience, right? And football guys are good usually right away. Yeah. Or they, but in baseball, especially pitchers, can often take a long time. Because even if you look at it, like Kluber's first taste of the big leagues wasn't great. His first season wasn't great. You know, Bauer took a while. You know, he was really up and down for many years, Bauer, before he kind of put it all together. Right. So... Guys take time. The Indians have a great pitching machine. Yeah. There's no doubt they, they can develop pitchers as well as any team in baseball. You know, but so, so yeah, I'm very excited. I love Tristan McKenzie in the minors uh, and Quantrill, you know, plus Quantrill's dad pitched in the big leagues. And so he kind of grew up in baseball and uh, I'm very excited about the pitching. Outside um, of that, what's yeah. like your silver lining for, the offensive side. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, I, I think there is some silver lining. Yeah, yeah. Number one, Fran Mil Reyes. I mean, I know he got hurt and that kind of, you know, yeah. he was on his way to, a, I think, a monster, monster season. Yeah, I agree. He's still having a good season. He took his game up another level. I think he did. And Ahmed Rosario. Now, he's a disaster in the field. <laughs> yeah. You know, but but he's still young and he could grow. He could grow. But but he's really made some good progress. Uh, but besides that, and obviously Jose, there's a, I mean, it's a ton of question marks. Tons. You, you know, sure. I, I don't think you can, I don't know if you can pay Roberto Perez. I think he's supposed to get seven and a half next year. I mean, okay. So I just don't, but let's yeah. stick on that for a second because yeah. I want to hear your opinion on that. Right. You've got these two catchers, Roberto Perez right. and Austin Hedges. Yeah. And there's this, like this, this vehement defense of these guys that are, all-star caliber defensive catchers, right? Just top-level defense catchers, and they are. But both, neither one of them can hit for a lick. 
And, and even if you want to value the defense above the offense, mm-hmm. at what point do you say 170 isn't cutting it? 156 yeah. doesn't cut it. No matter how good you are defensively, you got to give us right. something. You're automatic out at the plate. And they both are. Yeah, no. I mean, Austin Hedges is a total zero. Like the only, uh, the only thing I'd say for Roberto is that he's had some clutch hits over the years, right? And some big mm-hmm. spots. I give him that. Yes. But I can't pay him $7 million to just be a, a defensive catcher. Not when, if my payroll was $160 million, I could. Right. But if I'm going to keep, you know, like the Indians payroll is ridiculous right now. Awful. They got to raise it. Hopefully they'll raise it. I, and I'm hoping to 75, 80 million, which I, that's way below what it should be anyway. But, right. and I don't even think they're going to go that high, but I'd like to see it. But they're, this year they spent like a quarter of their payroll on their catchers who can't hit. That's crazy. Right. You know, I, I, I'm not I'm not buying. I know Bradley Zimmer's played well. I give him credit for that. They cannot. You can't commit to Bradley Zimmer. No. You want to keep him in the mix? Maybe. But you can't commit to him as a starter. They have, you know, Rosario, Ramirez, and Fran Mil Reyes are definite starters, right? That's three. But the other six spots are all question marks. This idea now, Josh Naylor, I get it. Again, go back to pedigree. Yes. High draft pick, this talent. Mm-hmm. But he's never really put – I know he had a great postseason last year for 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> but he's never put it together. I don't think he's a definite major league starter. I'm not mm-hmm. convinced of that. You know, Bobby Bradley's got good power, but he's got holes in his swing. Um, you know, I, I like Nolan Jones a lot as a prospect, but obviously he hasn't played in the majors. And most of these young hitters they brought up this year outside of Rosario have not done the job. I mean, so they've got to spend some money. And what's right. the thing is, like, you don't have to spend any money on pitching. They don't have to really spend anything. Nothing. Because everybody's cheap there. <clears throat> they, they can really go what they got. You know, let's get add a couple of guys to the pen. You replace Brian Shaw or whatever. But, but just spend some money and get to – you know, two quality bats, like reliable, good play, and not just and, and a, a notch above, a notch above, like an Eddie Rosario or Cesar Hernandez. And I know Rosario had a really bad year, but a notch mm-hmm. above what he'd been in the past, like a like a really. Now I'm not asking them to sign a superstar because I know they won't do that. But that next level, right yes. below superstar, a guy, you know, a guy who like maybe can make an All Star game, maybe or he's yes. got borderline All Star numbers. Sign two guys like that, spend 20, 30 million, you know, probably about $30 million to get two guys like that. And let's go. Because if you had two bats and and you got the three guys you got and, you know, and then you're hoping, okay, maybe a couple of young guys in in two spots or three as opposed to five or six. Right. So I'm hoping they do it, but spend spend 30 million. The payroll still sucks. (laughs) Of course. Yes. Right. And, and, I mean, is is that even? And you know, it's it's funny. It, that's to us, that's so much common sense bull. But like, is that even realistic, or should we go into next year just expecting status quo? Yeah, I think thirty million is not realistic. I, I hope I'm wrong. I I think the payroll going up is realistic, but thirty million, no. Yeah. Now you you know, listen, Chernoff and Antonetti, they're good executives. The Indians are lucky yes. they have them. Right. But if the owner won't spend money. There's nothing they could do right within reason. So they may have to make a deal. They may have to trade one of the pitchers, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you know, I would say, well, let's trade. Pl-. People say, let's trade Plesak because he sucked. But, you know, 
I, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, you may have to do it that way. They may have to trade from their good pitching depth um, to 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 get one of those hitters. But they must. I mean, you can't go into the we can't go into next season with six question marks again in the lineup. I mean, you just can't do it. You can't have you can't have Bradley Zimmer, Oscar Mercado, and we loved it. Daniel Johnson's been on the show. We love him, but we you can't have him, Mercado, Zimmer, and I like Miles Straw, but like. We only kind of need one Miles Straw kind of player, right? Yeah, I mean, people are going bananas over Miles Straw. He's fine. I mean, he's fine. But even he, I'm not locking into him as a definite starter. Like, he's a good defensive player, but – and I know he's hit well. And and hopefully these guys – some of these guys will grow and be worthy of being everyday starters. Yeah. But if, if Josh Naylor and Miles Straw are my fourth and fifth best players next year, mm. that's a problem. Yeah. So that takes us to, we talked a bit about payroll. It takes us to the thing that we kind of talked a little bit about last week. It came out that part of the discussion of the CBA was that salary floor implementation. Yeah. So I don't know if you hear anything more than what we hear, but obviously people in Cleveland have to sit here and go, please let that happen. Like, please, please let that happen. Is You know, what's a, oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry to cut you off, Mike. But no, you, no. Know, you know, what's amazing to me is fans are always talking about wanting a salary cap. A salary cap in baseball First of all, there is a salary cap. It's a it's it's not a hard cap, but think about it. Yeah. The luxury tax is yes. whatever, 205, 210. The only team that went over it this year was the Dodgers. That's after it. the trades. And, right. Right. The, even even the Yankees, when the Yankees traded for Rizzo and Gallo, they gave away better prospects so the Cubs and, and Rangers would cover the salaries of those guys. Yes. Yeah. So there is a cap. A cap's not going to help the Indians. A floor helps the Indians. I don't know how everybody doesn't realize that. Now, the problem is the owners as part of this, you know, I only have the same information you do. I do not have any, you know, insight on extra um, information. So what we we heard here from, I think it was Ken Rosenthal, was that the owners want, the owners would agree to a $100 million floor if the players agreed to lower the luxury tax from, to like down to 180 to 180. Yeah. The players are never going to agree to that because that, first of all, there's all the teams that are between 180 and two are the big spending teams. Yeah. And they're, so now those teams are going to cut payroll. Right. And the superstar, if that happens, the stoop, the superstars will get screwed. Right. And so they're never going to agree to that. Um, I would see it to me, if we had a hundred million dollars, if we kept the cap, kept the luxury tax where it is, yeah. I would like to see a $125 million floor. Well, personally, but I would set, I mean, if we can get a hundred million dollar floor, that'd be great. Cause now instead of the Yankees payroll being four times the Indians, it's only two times at most, right? Which is still a big disparity, but think about what Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff would do. If they had to spend fifty-five million this offseason, right. minimum. Tough task for them. I'm sure they'd love that. Of you mean, course they would. Yeah. So you mean, you yeah, mean I hope it happens, but I doubt it. You mean they wouldn't have to keep pulling rabbits out of their hat full every exactly. <laughs> every year? Exactly. And you know it's it's so frustrating because they have such a good front office and and the reality is they've been a they've been an excellent franchise, right? I mean, the, since the time I've been here. You know, obviously, yeah. I love baseball, so I was, you know, I followed every team forever. Sure. But but just since I've been here in 2011, this is only the second time they haven't had, you know, they haven't been in the mix. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, considering where their payroll and, and, uh, and obviously in like, you know, 15 to 18, their payroll was certainly a lot better than it is Correct. now. Yep. Yeah. But, but even, you know, even, even then they had lower payrolls than a lot of the other teams and they, and you know, until, I don't know if they're still holding it now, but until two months ago, they had the best record in, in the American league and the second best record in baseball since Francona became manager. I mean, that's pretty impressive for a team in, in the, you know, in, I'm not gonna say a small market because I don't believe in that nonsense, nope. but for a team that's not willing to spend a lot of money. And we talked about that last week, all the small market yeah. nonsense. We got yeah, the Cleveland Akron market is technically bigger than San Diego. It's technically bigger than yeah. St. Louis. It's, it's not a small market. It's just no, market. and those teams, right. And, and those teams have much bigger payrolls. Well, and, and, and again, it's, uh, I will say this, I may say this every episode from here on out when we talk about this baseball team, but you can give them that praise, right? You can say, hey, listen, they've done a great job with what they've been given. They've been competitive. This team is yes. a playoff contender about every year. They're yes. never a championship contender. They're never a championship. In one year, they were a championship contender, but, but I've said it a hundred times. Only one time since 2000 has a team with a bottom half payroll won the World Series. Yeah. Only right. one time. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So, yeah, it's it's a great stat. It's you know, and, and if and the salary floor would would be would be huge. I mean, for, it'd be huge for the Indians, it'd be huge for Oakland, Kansas Bay, City, you know, Tampa Bay, Tampa. Yeah, oh Kansas God, City. imagine what they could do with that. Oh man, I mean, they hang with the Yankees and Red Sox every year mm-hmm. right? with with a quarter of the payroll. Yeah. So so let's before we get off the Indians. Uh, let's yeah. throw it back a little bit. Uh, again, it was a good week for the Indians. The sweep of the Angels, yeah. the loss last night sucked because the Rangers are awful, but uh, yeah. it, it is what it is. The Indians are winning tonight. We talked a little trash about Austin Hedges, and he's homered already tonight. So, oh, did he? You know, good for him. I don't have it on. Indians are up four to two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yu Chang just doubled. Uh, but um, let's throw it back just for a little bit of fun. You're a diehard Cubs fan. Yeah. Throw it back to 2016 for a minute. Yeah. You're here. You're established mm-hmm. in Cleveland. You've got one of the biggest radio shows on uh, the Cleveland market uh, and your Cubs come in and they face the Indians in the World Series uh, and the Cubs finally win the World Series. Was it just like a little hard to like, because you didn't want to make enemies in Cleveland. Was it a right. little hard that you couldn't like go too all out with your Cubs celebration? Because... I, I- that on air, those two weeks were were brutal because yeah. I, I was as much as I was excited for the Cubs to win the World Series as someone who's rooted for them my whole life. I, you know, nobody. I'm not asking people to feel sorry for me because my team won. So no, we don't. We don't. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> but I just I remember thinking, oh, I wish it was any other team but the Indians. Right. Like, I didn't right. want them to play the Indians, and and had the Indian, you know, and had. Because if the Indians were play, and if the Indians were there, I wish it was anybody but the Cubs. Because obviously, I'm rooting for the Indians to win every time, except when I play the Cubs. You know, I, and, and all the other teams, I would have rooted for them. Same um, thing I said. Why did it have to be the Cubs? Because I would have rooted for the Cubs if they exactly. I think a right, lot of people right. feel that way. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, why couldn't it have been the the you know? The, I I really and then the next year when the Indians had such a good team that in 2017 and yeah. A winning streak, and I'm like, okay, come on, let the Indians win the World Series this year, and then <laughs> yeah. then nobody be upset anymore about 2016, or won't be as upset, right? And it sucks, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it it was really tough. Um, 
I, you know, when they won and we got on the air the next day, I didn't, I certainly didn't rub it in. I, I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have done that. Um, even though people probably would have done it to me had they had the oh, Indians for sure. won. For sure. So it was, it was, it was a little bittersweet, believe it or not. Um, again, I don't expect anybody to feel sorry for me, nor should they, but, uh, it was, it was, it was a happy two weeks and, and torturous at the same time, <laughs> but no matter what team you were rooting for, I think it was arguably the greatest world series ever. I, there's yeah. no doubt. It was so, there's funny. no doubt. And, and, and I think that Joe Madden and Terry Francona, who are, who are two of the best managers in baseball, both will be all of famers. Um, I think they both made huge mistakes. I, you know, obviously, um, you know, Joe Madden's use of Aroldis Chapman was crazy. Off, oh, Insane. yeah. Insane. Insane. Crazy. But even something that got overlooked, I, I was at game four and five at Wrigley. Yeah. It was Saturday and Sunday games. And uh, what's funny is after the Sunday game, I slept in a hotel in Chicago and then I had to drive back to Cleveland at like, I had to leave Chicago at like five in the morning because yeah. I had to be on the air Monday. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, I remember game four, I was sitting down the third baseline and the Indians kicked the Cubs ass, obviously. And I came to go up three, one and Francona brought Andrew Miller into that game with like a seven. I don't yes. know the exact score, but they were up big. Right. And I remember thinking, I was like, why is he bringing Andrew Miller in here? Andrew Miller's been, you know, it's Kluber and Miller were the only two guys who were dominant. You know, they were killing it. And I'm like, I think this is it. Frank Hona made a mistake. And at the time, honestly, I thought the Indians would win the series. Sure. And it wouldn't come back to haunt him. But I think it did. I thought that was a huge yeah. mistake that he made uh, using Andrew Miller. But, I mean, that series was unbelievable. Game five. I mean, games five, six, and seven were just – game seven was was just bananas. I mean, right. I, we'll never see it. You know, one thing – I think of the 86 World Series between the Mets and Red Sox. I don't know how old you guys are. Oh, I don't yeah. remember it. But Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But um, you know that was an incredible World Series, and the when the, when the Diamondbacks beat the Yankees, oh, that I, was a crazy I hate the Yankees. So that that was great, and there's been some others, obviously. But uh, I, I mean, this, the Indians and Cubs to me, I, I, obviously, I'm a little biased because my two favorite teams. But uh, but like I said, I wish they weren't playing each other. But it was an amazing series. As heartbreaking as that Game Seven loss was, mm. yeah. I, I will. I will never forget the emotions I felt when Rajai Davis hit oh that home God. run. Never. <laughs> I will never. never forget the insanity. I thought the state. I mean, I wasn't at. I. What's funny is, I could have gone to Game Seven with like a media pass, mm -hmm. and I said, I don't want to do that. I, you know, I just, uh, I wanted to be home with my family, but when he hits the home run. It sounded like the the, the stadium was going to explode. I mean, it was yeah. crazy. We had Roger Davis on uh, yeah. over the winter, and it was awesome talking with him. That I mean, think about the odds in that moment of Roger Davis of all players against Araldis Chapman. You know, oh, Araldis yeah. Chapman's not quite the same guy anymore, but at the time he was so dominant, right? And you know, I know he'd been used a lot, but Roger Davis of all people. I mean, that was <laughs> just. Bonkers. Choked. I, I right. will never forget oh. how, how how far up on the bat he was choked up on that pitch. <laughs> he was crazy. like grabbing the barrel of the bat almost. And Listen, I always and, wondered why does Araldis Chapman ever throw a slider for a strike? I never understand why he throws a slider anywhere yeah, near true. the strike zone because that's the only yeah. pitch he ever gets hurt on. 
And, yeah, it's weird. Oh, it's so weird. The fact, the fact that Rajay Davis, no legacy in Cleveland at all, is just a Cleveland legend, and we lost yeah. the game. The dude's a Cleveland yeah. legend, and we lost. I the know. Game. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah, he's such a hero, even though in the end it didn't. You know, it, I don't know. And then even in, the, and then the fact that you know, you talk about payroll, right? The fact that the last that back comes down to Michael oh Martinez. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. That hurts me. Last thing I got to say about that. And as you know, I love John Smoltz, like, and his analysis of games. I I love his analysis, but I I think he went to another level for me when he said during that at bat, he goes down and in is his only chance. (laughs) And sure enough, sure enough. (laughs) By the way, I don't know about you guys. When Chris Bryant first threw the ball and he kind of slipped a little bit, I I thought it was going over Rizzo's head for a moment. Oh, yeah. (sighs) Well, oh, yeah. if, if we're going to talk about that game, you have to, there's one thing, other thing that we haven't talked about. Well, the rain delay. It, well, there is that, oh, but, yeah. but there is the most infamous foul ball in the history of Cleveland Jason sports. Kipnis. <laughs> because Jason <laughs> Kipnis, I was a hundred percent sure in the bottom of the eighth inning smashed. A, he looked like yeah. he hit the ball 5,000 feet. I know. And then it just winds up foul halfway down the line. And we were just yeah, like, that was crazy. Oh, no. <laughs> there were so many weird things. I mean, you know, Dexter Fowler hitting the home run. right? David Ross. Bat. David <laughs> Ross hitting a home run. How about when John Lester comes in and like the two-run wild pitch goes over Dave, off of David Ross's mask? Yeah. I mean, that game was just crazy. It was, <laughs> it was insane. Bonkers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, listen, you got your win, and that's great. I was always interested in hearing just like how difficult, you know, it, again, not to feel sorry for you, but that had to have no, been like a pain. It was. It was, it was tough. I, I really hated being on the air those weeks. Hated yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so let's transition. Uh, oh, last thing I do want to talk about, and I meant to say this before, but you're, you're yeah. in the media, so I'm interested to hear. Uh, the Indians are in this uh, Little League World Series <laughs> game this last week. Yeah. And Twitter is just erupt with Cleveland fans. And it's it's the maybe the thing that frustrates me the most when Cleveland fans do this. All they were doing was whining about the announcers on that game being all about the Angels. Yeah. And every yeah. time the Indians play on national television, you might as well just if you go on Twitter, it's all going to be about, oh, they love the other team. I, I thought ESPN did a great. They talked a ton about Cal Quantrill and they talked a ton about Ahmed Rosario. Right. Of course, I'm going to talk I, about show. I never, and it's not just Indians fans. Every fan base in America thinks the national broadcasters hate their That's team. So weird. And I don't love. Listen, I'm not a. I'm not an A. Rod fan. I don't really care for him that much. But you know, and listen, Otani is the biggest story in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, what he's what that guy is doing is just insane. It's, it's Babe Ruth. It's Babe Ruth. Yeah. Better than Babe Ruth. It's yeah. better than Babe Ruth. Yeah. yeah. Way better than Babe. Ruth. It really is. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyways, okay. Let's transition up the Indians. Let's talk a little bit of football. We can't get out of here as we're like, what, two weeks away from uh, the Cleveland Browns without at least talking about a little bit, even though your head probably wants to explode with that. Here's the thing. You've been here for a decade. Yeah. And at this point, I don't know that you've ever seen anything like this in Cleveland. After two preseason games, we're not talking about. Uh, I made this analogy last week. We're not talking about, oh, did you see Cody Kessler look like he might be able to do something because of what he did in the preseason or like, trust me on this one. Trust me on this one. John Kaiser's got a rocket arm. Did you see that? Corey Coleman looks super fast out there. Quarterback, yeah. We know who the quarterback is too. That's kind of crazy. Oh, I know. We're we're talking about though, like, cool. We don't even have to, let's not watch our starters. I don't even want them out there. Please just don't even send them out there. We're talking about like, Man, who's going to be the fifty-third guy on this roster? Is I this what it's like, like for good teams? 
Yeah, I spent an hour the other day on a kicker because Cody Parkey got hurt. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. But they're good, you know, like for all those years, you had Phil Dawson, but it didn't matter because they sucked. But right. now that they're good, like I care about the kicker. But yeah, I mean, we had long discussions about uh, what's his name, Demario Davis. Or yeah, I can't name yeah. it. Yeah, right. Like Dem- I mean, we actually had a yeah. caller. I don't know if you guys heard this. A caller two days ago who said right before he got the day before he got suspended, who said the Browns should dangle Odell in a trade because they don't want to, because he was afraid that Demario Davis was going to become a star <laughs> and they didn't want to cut him. God, yeah. I mean, people are nuts, but like, that's what we're talking about. Like who's going to be the sixth receiver. Who's going to be the, the eighth defensive back or 10th defensive back. Who's going to get that last offensive line spot. I mean, that's a good spot to be in. I'm not worried. Uh, you know, people have made a big deal about the injuries. The Parky one I care about because, you know, Parky's well, he was, well, he's not great. He was pretty reliable under 50 yards. He was okay. Which is better yeah. than what the Browns have had, you know. <laughs> and he and he kicked in playoff uh, two playoff games and he he played in Cleveland. And that there's something to, you know, getting used to the wind and stuff like that. So that's a little bit of a concern. The rest of the injuries to me, like some of these guys on defense, most of them are not seriously hurt. You know, Grant Delpit and Greedy Williams, whatever I get from them are bonus, but that's why they built this deep team. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm so excited. It's so fun because, like, for years, yeah. I think probably because I wasn't from here, people are like, you hate the Browns and you, you're you being purposely negative. And I'm like, they suck. What do you want me to say? <laughs> right. right. I'm not going to pretend they're good. But Let's- now I'm, like, over the moon. Now I'm like, you know, and, and I feel like people can trust not that I'm definitely going to be right because I get plenty wrong, but like you could trust my opinion because I wasn't a homer about it when they were bad. So if I feel they're good, I'm I'm being legit. Now again, you know who knows? You got to play the season, but I, you know, obviously the offense has you know can, uh, can definitely be great. But I'm really excited about the defense and especially the secondary. Uh, again, even without Delpit and Greedy Williams, there's so much potential. Right. And what I love now is that so many of these guys they're bringing in are smart guys. Yeah. You know, they care about uh, care about that. And um, I think it's important, you know, like Anthony Walker and and John Johnson oh, yeah. and, and all these guys. They're they're all smart. And they you know, they're I don't know. I, I think, you know, obviously, Kansas City's the team to beat in the AFC. We all know that right. until you beat them in the playoffs, they're the team to beat. They got the best quarterback. They've, you know, gone to Super Bowl two years in a row or overtime away from going the year before. So you got to beat them. But I really believe the Browns are the second best team in the AFC. I know the Bills and Ravens are close. And I'm not saying they're going to have a cakewalk to to the Chiefs in the AFC championship game. But I'm I'm so optimistic. And we'll see, you know. But but I, I don't know how you can't be excited. And, and it'll be obviously great to see fans in the stands this year. And I think the stadium's just going to be insane. It's going to be so loud. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. I can't wait for the regular season to start. I'm sick of talking about the preseason. As I'm yeah. sure you guys are. So I'm, I can't well, wait for the regular season to start. I don't give two bleeps about the – I'm not used to cursing. Here I can curse. You're allowed to curse away. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, it, no, it is. It, it, it's a weird thing because you want to have some grasp of like – like you're watching this team because that's what we do. We've, we, it's been an offseason, so we want to yeah. watch the team. So I'm watching these preseason games, getting all excited, and then I'm like, wait. None of our good yeah. players are like, no, I shouldn't say none of our good players. There right. looks like we have a lot of good players. That's right. But, like our starters are not, I don't even know what this team's going to look like. Right. right. Now you're playing the teams, the Jaguars, the Falcons, the, the giants who have, you know, 
a lot of question marks and they're not right. good and they're playing starters. I know the giants didn't because they had the scrimmage with them, but right. You know, it's, it's funny. I was talking with, um, when Dustin and Keith and I went to, we, we were at training camp one day last week and, um, you know, after the show, we're, you know, walking back to our cars. I said, this is so great. I said, think about until a couple of years ago by no, you know, before, before Baker by November, we were talking about the draft. November. Right. And now, right. We're not going to talk about the draft at all until like nope. a couple of weeks before. Nope. I mean, and, you know, I'm expecting the Browns to play at least into late January and maybe into February, obviously. So, especially with the 17th game, the season goes longer. I'm like, we're going to have in another two weeks, we're going to have real football to talk about, probably very good football for the next bunch of months. And I mean, you know, last year we had that, but we didn't know for sure we were going to have that going into the season. The year before we thought we might have that, and then we didn't. And all the years before that, we had nothing. I mean, I know the year with uh, Brian Hoyer, yeah. You know, they were in the mix there for a while, and I stupidly said they were going to make the playoffs when they were seven and five. But that team yeah. was a even if they had made it, they were they were a fraud. They didn't have, you know. No. Sure. But sure. this team is this team's loaded with talent. Loaded. I, I think top to bottom, they might have the best roster in the league. Yeah. Some someday all of us Clevelanders are going to look back like with the PTSD kind of faded away. Because I think <laughs> yeah. I think when you live through 20 years of what we've lived through here, it's just like it's just what it is. It's just what we've lived through. And it's like, it's not yeah. so bad because they're our team and they're here and whatever. I think someday, 10 years from now, we're going to look back and be like, can you believe the shit that we went through? Oh with yeah. That team. Like, Oh it my was God. So bad. And now here we are. Yeah. It was and not so only bad. Was, not only was it bad, but it was like, it, they were so, they, they couldn't even function as it was an NFL organization. Hopeless. hopeless. Yeah. So clueless. Some of these, I mean, it's, some of these things that Johnny Manziel and Peyton Hillis and and all these coaches and GMs talking behind each other's back. I mean, oh. uh, you know, yeah, yeah. we're Incredible. out of it. We're out of it, everybody. We're out. Yeah. Of it. Yes. Uh, just a couple quick things on the Browns. One thing that we haven't really done on here and you've done it, I'm sure, ad nauseum. We haven't done it much on here and I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but I think it is valuable to just have the discussion. We haven't really talked about Baker. on here. It's a weird okay. thing. We've talked a lot about the defense. Yeah the additions, the draft. Maybe it's because everybody else talks about Baker so much that we just haven't gotten into it so much. But I I do want to talk about him for a minute. I do want to talk about a guy that for the first time in his NFL career is going into the same scheme in the second year. For the first time in his career. Right. He's got the same head coach. He's not changing systems. There isn't a new offensive coordinator. There isn't a new player. I, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, right. a few guys, no, but right. lost nobody. Right. I don't think it's a little homerish. And I will admit it. I don't think people are excited enough about Baker. I don't think people are. Mm. I know that he had his ups and downs, but I think if you look at the way his career started, how could he have not had his ups and downs? Sure. I, I, I do think, you know, do I, I, is it fair to say Baker has more to prove in his career? Of course he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's had ups and downs. His first year was good. It was very good for a rookie. Second year, he was lousy. Certainly not all his fault. Last year, he was really good, especially the second half of the year. I don't buy the narrative that he was better because of Odell. I think he was better because no. it was a new system and it takes time to grow and learn. With no offseason. Right, and no offseason. Of time. You know, there's a lot of reasons. So I am excited about Baker. 
I think Baker, I, this idea, I think a lot of people have talked about this. We talked about this last week. I think a lot of people around the, you know, national guys and in their defense, when you're a national football guy, you're not watching the Browns. Like we're watching the Browns, right? Not watching, you can't lock into one team, you know? And if you're uh, a sports talk show host in Atlanta or Detroit or LA, you're not watching the Browns. Like, you know, just like if I am a guest on a, like uh, um, Friday, they've asked me to be on a radio show in Atlanta. And if they ask my opinion on the Falcons, I'll give it, but I don't know the Falcons that well. Right. right. I know them right. a little bit, but I don't know them like I know the Browns. So there, other people are not going to know the Browns as well as we do. So I think nationally, there's this perception that the book's been written, that Baker's good, but Lamar and, and Josh Allen are definitely better. And I'm not, listen, they might turn out to be better in the long run. I think through three years, they're neck and neck, the three of them. I really do. I think the reason why Baker doesn't get as much love as those guys is obviously, so so statistically, right, Lamar in year two put up crazy numbers, both running and throwing. Right. Right. Not the the yardage in terms of throwing, but his touchdown numbers were huge, and, and he won the MVP. And so he shined right and then last year josh allen put superstar numbers where baker who played really well and if you're watching him play especially the second half was as good as any quarterback in the league but his statistics weren't massive they didn't stand out plus he's small and i think people i think some people subconsciously some people consciously yeah with a shorter quarterback they always have to prove it more uh, I think part of it is Baker is so brash, and especially I think he was a little immature his first two years in the league, and he rubbed some people the wrong way, so they don't want to give him credit. But And I was very critical of Baker, especially in year two. But I will say this. In a big spot right now, right now, I would take Baker over either of those guys in a big spot. Oh, um, yeah. Now, are those guys better athletes than Baker? Sure. Are they much better runners than Baker? Sure. They have that big advantage, no doubt. But as the, as an all-around game, I think all three are close. And I think five years, seven years, ten years from now, we'll look back and say, hey, who was the best? I think I think those three could end up in any order. I think when yeah. it's all said and done, in my opinion, Baker is going to be a, a solid tier two quarterback. I don't think he's going to be in that in that elite group of the top four or five guys. Maybe he will. I don't think he will. I think some years he's going to be the seventh best quarterback, some years the ninth, some years the tenth, some years the eighth. I think he's going to bounce around somewhere between six and 12 every year. And that's all you need. I mean, I don't need him to be right. the best quarterback yeah. in the league. And maybe he will be the best at some point. I don't know. I don't, I, that's my opinion of it. I think he'll he'll probably average out somewhere most years between eight and ten. And that's more than good enough. I don't need the best quarterback to win. I need a good quarterback, a very good quarterback. I, yes. That's what I think he is. I think he's going to cement that this year. He's got to cement it this year, and I think he will. And so I am excited about him, um, and I do expect him to put up big numbers. Now, I expect Josh Allen to put up bigger numbers because the Bills can't run the football. Right, exactly. I was going to say it's legitimately no. tough to be the best yeah. quarterback in the league, league when you have the best running back duo. In- exactly. So he's not winning the MVP because he's not going to put up you know, huge yardage numbers, and you know they'll be – and, and, you know, listen, Mahomes is just in another planet from Correct. everybody else. Right. So it, it's hard. But but I think Baker's going to put up bigger numbers. Um, I think they're going to throw 
more like last year, the Browns were uh, third in the NFL in percentage of run plays. I think they were like, mm-hmm. uh, but they, st- I think it was like, I, they still threw more than they ran. Right. But they were like 51, 52% of passing. I think they'll go up even a little higher than that. I still think they'll be, you know, top five or six in run percentage because that's where they're most special. But I think they'll throw a little more. And I think, um, I, I think Baker's going to have a really good season. I think he's going to throw, like, I, I feel like he's going to throw 32, 33 touchdowns this year with probably the same amount of picks. Maybe, maybe one or two more, maybe like 32 and 10 with, uh, what do you throw for 3,500? You know, like the extra game. I could see him throwing for 42, 4,300 yards this year. If he's 4,300 yards, <laughs> yeah. 32 touchdowns and 10 picks, no complaints here. Running game. I mean, what? come on. What? I don't think that's outrageous. I don't think that's a crazy prediction to say that. No, it's it, first of all, no. And second of all, yeah. what? There's a yeah. quarterback that plays for the Browns that's even capable of such things. I know. What? Amazing. <laughs> you know, and like what's wild is in like five years, right? Or maybe even less. I can't remember now. Miles um, Garrett will probably be the all time Brown sack leader, although Clay Matthews had years before they kept sacks, but still. Right. Uh, Baker will be the all-time passer in a few years. Isn't that crazy? And Nick Chubb will be second all-time in, in rushing yards in a few years behind only Jim Brown. So, I mean, this is the best. I mean, I don't want to get too carried away. they got to prove it more on the field for a number of years. But right. this is definitely the most talented Browns team, I think, in my lifetime. It's crazy. Even more than those, Ber- you know, the Bernie teams or, or you know, I don't remember the Brian Sight teams quite as much because I was young for those. But I think it's the most talented team. You know, I love Mac and Biner, but I mean, Chubbin and Hunt is better than are better than Mac and Biner. I don't think, and I think Baker's better than Bernie. Or will I think when it's all said and done, he'll be better than Bernie. You gotta watch. You gotta watch that around here. You gotta. Watch. I know. I love Bernie, <laughs> yeah. and Bernie's awesome. I mean, he's right. the man. But yeah, well, yeah. I think Baker's gonna be better. So I think you, most fans would agree with me on that. I think most. Oh people sure. Would yeah. Sure, a hundred percent. But it just it yeah. seems like. You know, for for me, and like I love everything you just said, Bull, about Baker, because you know I'm a big believer in Baker. But man, I I I, 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 I there's a part of me that doesn't that that wants people to keep hating on Baker just because it seems like he just plays so much better with that chip on his shoulder. Yeah, and also, right, there's a part of you that I, I, when your team sucks for so long, <laughs> yeah, you just and this is how like I was, you know, with my teams because my teams have, for the most part sucked for most of my life. When your team sucks for so long, you just you can't. But when your team is good, it's hard to wrap your head around, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, right. It's gonna like if if the Browns are good for the next five years, six years, ten years, eventually you'll get to a point where now you'll be expecting it, right? Now you'll right, be sure. comfortable with it. Sure. But right now, it's still too new. It still feels fragile. Right. Every expectation we've ever had in this city, every time we've had expectations, we get our hearts crushed. Yeah, take it all the way back when I was little. I take it all the way back to that 1987 Sports Illustrated cover with Joe Carter and Corey Snyder, That's where right. Sports Illustrated predicted the Indians to win the World Series, and then they lost 100 games. Like, right, yeah. I mean, that is quintessential it, Cleveland. Yeah, And it especially right, yeah. goes for the Indians. Like, yeah, it, right. whenever the Indians have expectations on them, it seems yeah. that they have us. But, uh, yeah. no, so, Bill, everything you do, like, again, I said, I like, I love everything you just said about the Browns. But, uh, you know, that being said, do yeah. you have any concerns about this team? Uh, I, well, I mean, I, I have a concern about kicker right now. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I have some concerns at defensive tackle um, because, you know, when Andrew Billings came over from the Bengals, I liked his potential. I, I thought he was, you know, a decent player with the Bengals. But to me, it was potential. He hadn't really done it on the field, and then yeah. he opted out last year. And so, you know, it may it may take some time with him. And I, so I'm not sold. He's a short thing. They got Malik Jackson, um, who's a veteran, but, you know, he's not the player he once was. And so th- it's the one position, like every other position, defensive end, linebacker, corner, safety, offensive line, tight end, running back, quarterback, we are everything. There's at least one player I'm excited about. Yeah. And in a lot yeah, of cases, sure. more than one player. <laughs> yeah. There's nobody I'm really excited about a defensive tackle. That's the only position where I'm like, eh, I mean, Andrew Billings, eh, Malik Jackson, eh. Am I excited about Tommy Togiai? Not really. So that's the one position I got nobody like. And linebacker, I like the leadership of Anthony Walker. I think that's going to be big. I don't think he's a great player, but I think he's a solid player. You know, obviously, we're all excited about Jeremiah Usukoromoa. Yeah. yeah. We can go through it all. Uh, I don't know that I'm that excited about anybody at tight end either, but at least they got three solid guys. They, they got three guys that I think are fine. Um, it's not a problem, but like, so defensive tackles, a little concern. Um, and that's it. I mean, I'm really not, I'm not, you know, I heard some people say I'm concerned about the depth on the offensive line. I mean, who's got great depth on the offensive right. line. You've got right. five good starters. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and guy, by the way, Conklin got hurt last year for a little bit. Wyatt Teller missed time. Yeah. Antonio missed, missed, uh, you know, the playoff game. These guys all stood up and did fine. They have all those backups. Yeah. Um, I, there's no, I think they have great depth at wide receiver. We know what they've got at running back. You got good depth at tight end. Uh, you know, defensive, the defensive end depth. May, you know, if, if Miles Garrett goes down, but you know, whoever you have at depth, if Miles Garrett goes down, they're not as good. We know that. Uh, the secondary's got good depth. And I'm uh, not that worried about linebacker. I I think they're okay there. They fixed good enough. They fixed everywhere they didn't have depth. That's what they did. That's the most incredible thing they did this offseason. Anywhere they didn't have depth, they fixed it. Think about what the yeah. depth was in the defensive backfield last year, right? It was Green nothing. got hurt. And like, who was playing? Yeah. Scrubs. No. And yeah. uh, when uh, when safeties went down, we had Sendejo running out there. Yeah, he was always awful. Doing his thing. Yeah, no, I'm really around. I, that's it. Defensive tackle and kicker. Yeah. That's the only places I have any concerns. I mean, you know, which is it's pretty crazy because, as you guys, we've talked about for twenty years, you you're concerned about everything. So what is what, what, what is life it. like? What is life like as the host of one of the most popular shows in Cleveland sports radio? What is life like if January February rolls around? This team actually pulls off what everybody hopes to pull off. Although I don't know if we're even allowed to say the words without jinxing it, but they pull it off and they win a championship. What does your life turn into for the next oh, I mean, month? I. I you know, when the Cavs won the championship, it was awesome, oh, yeah. right? I mean, it was so much fun. We had it. We I remember doing all those shows leading up, you know, during the finals. We were at the Clevelander, and it was packed, and I'm screaming like a madman, and Dustin's <laughs> going crazy, and the fans are all over us, and it, it was so awesome. And then were you guys at downtown for the parade for the I, Cavs? I was not, unfortunately. I was. I was. So, so you were there, yeah. Chad. So, mm-hmm. so that was... I'll never forget that day, right? I mean, that was the most incredible thing I'd ever yeah. seen in my life. Mm-hmm. The passion, the excitement. And that was for the Cavs, who, right. you know, don't hold a candle to the Browns. No. 
Um, right. If the Browns play in the Super Bowl, you know, and and obviously with the World Series too. But again, as much as I love the Indians, it's not they're not the Browns. If the Browns are in the Super Bowl or even in the AFC Championship game, and but if they go to the Super Bowl. I don't know if I can fully wrap my head around <laughs> yeah. that would no be way. Like. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it, it, I, I just, I got chills just thinking about it because it would, it would be so much fun if that happened. And I feel like it will maybe yeah. not definitely this year, but I do think, you know, again, just freaking Patrick Mahomes being here. That sucks. But, it's it's the same damn thing. It's it. Yeah. I was I was talking about those expectations before. Even the Cavs, right? They won a title, but by all accounts, that Cavs team should have been like a dynasty type team, right? Those guys should have stayed together and yeah. been a dynasty type team. They win a title, and the Warriors go sign Kevin freaking Durant, I know, and the yeah. Cavs just fall apart. That's right, right? Like yeah. that is what happens here. We get Patrick like, Mahomes, great. Right. I know, but, you know, he's not going to win every year. No, and, he's not. You know, whether it's this year or whatever, I mean, we want it to be this year, but even if it's not, I just, I, I feel like sometime in the next few years, maybe this, maybe next year, I don't know, I feel like they're going to go. I, I, I feel like it's going to happen. I, I hope it does. And it, it would just be, I really can't even put it into words <laughs> because I was so blown away by that Cavs parade. I can picture the, I remember I was standing on top of the county office building on the corner of East Ninth and Prospect, yeah. looking down towards the lake and just the sea of humanity. Yeah. And because, you know, do you got any of you guys work in the city? Yeah. I, I work all over the city. Yeah. Okay. So when you're, you know, like right now I've been working from home, but you know, like the city is quiet. It's not right. that crowded. Right. You know, when there's a game, it's a little more crowded. But generally, on a, like a on what when you're there on a weekday, when I leave the show, when I would normally leave the show at seven o'clock on a Tuesday with no game, it's quiet. There's nobody outside, I and mean, right. it's really quiet. And so to see the whole city electric like that, and and it was just, yeah, it was beautiful. And and to see it, and what it would be like for the Browns, even though the obviously you know the Cavs, it was the summer, but so the Browns, you know. Certainly right. in February, much worse sure. weather, but it won't matter. Will be, it won't matter. No. Be, too be, too much be, alcohol, everybody will be warm anyway. <laughs> I almost feel like it would have to be a snowstorm on the day of the parade. Like that would just be, <laughs> yeah. the, that, it just has to be. That'd be right. And everybody's got to put pull their cars over on the highway. And oh my God. It, it, you know, it's just nuts. Well, I tell you what, because I've said this before. I, I think I said it to Mike and Joe, but you know, the Cavs winning was awesome. If the, if the Indians would have won, I, I don't know how this city would have handled winning two championships in the same freaking year. Oh my God. That would have been crazy. But even, that's what but I, even, that's why I thought they were going to win. But even yeah. that, even that is not going to compare to the Browns. If the Browns win the Super Bowl, <laughs> I feel like if the Browns win the Super Bowl, like you have to do the parade. It has to like go from Cleveland to Akron to Canton. <laughs> to like, it's it's got to go through like all of Northeast Ohio. Yeah. Not, it just should go oh on for like two days. Joel Batonio is just like exhausted. Just Yeah, right. And then, t- and then everybody just We're walking out wherever they are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, listen, uh, it, it it's it's exciting. Ultimately, we can talk. I feel a little bit when we do this, when we have this talk, and it's so fun to do it. Yeah, but I feel a little bit like it's when you buy a lottery ticket, and you're like, "All right, what if this is the winner?" Like, yeah, right. Well, it's not. Uh, it's not that long about better than that. Yeah, I know. I yeah. know. But it's it's what's fun about it is, 
it's we're not this isn't ridiculous anymore this isn't no. like hey the browns are a super bowl contender and people laugh at you like okay buddy when you say the browns are a super bowl contender everybody goes yeah they are with yeah. what they did this offseason the coaching huh? that they have the front office that they have yeah your browns hey listen up cleveland your browns are a super bowl contender for real yeah uh, and doesn't mean they're going to win it, but man, they are a contender. So, and I'm convinced the Steelers are going to suck, which is even you know, which Ooh, is yeah. not even better, but it's also awesome. great. I hope, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I, I know nobody believes, nobody believes it, but we I'm can't. I have, we have PTSD in Cleveland. The Steelers yeah, can't it. suck. It's, it's it. not possible. <laughs> I get it. Uh, all right. I hope it happens. Yeah. Well, before we let you out of here, yeah. uh, we want to do something fun that we uh, we we talked about a little bit before the show. It was Chad's idea, yes. uh, yeah. and so. With football season comes fantasy football season. That's all in full swing, right? Uh, you're a fantasy football guy. I got my team uh, uh, going. We're in a league together. It's, uh, uh, it's it's all very exciting. So we want to talk a little fantasy football, but we want to put a spin on it. We want to do our own little fantasy draft. Okay. Yes. We're going to do three rounds. And we're not drafting real players. We're going to have a little bit of fun with this. So we want you to think of, and Joe and Chad, same concept. Mm-hmm. Think mm-hmm. of football movies. Right. Football movies. Okay. Yes. We're going to do three rounds, and you pick players from football movies that you want to start your team with. They do not have to come by any position. Just three yeah. players that you're like, <laughs> this person is going on to my team. I feel like I'm going to forget, like I'm going to be done and I'm going to be like, oh, I should have thought of this that guy. guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, and that's by the way, some of the characters, I'm not going to remember their names, so I'll be like the actor from this movie or whatever. <laughs> that's all right. We have we have right. the internet and we yeah. can certainly look that stuff up. So okay. I did, uh, I went to a, a draft order generator. Yeah. Okay. And I generated our draft order. And so all we'll right. do it right like a fantasy draft. It'll be a snake okay. draft. All four of us will go. Bull, you came up with the first pick. Oh, that's, I didn't wow. want the first pick. I, nobody ever does. Pressure. Nobody ever does. But you got the first pick. I have the second pick. Joe Chad. I love that. Okay. And then reverse it on back. Reverse it on back. I am going to start with, um, you know who I'm going to take a quarter? I'm going to start. I got to get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take. Um, Adam Sandler's character from the remake of The Longest Yard. Oh, yes. Okay. Awesome. He was an NFL quarterback, and then, he, and then he leads the prison team to a victory. And yes. I guess I could have gone with Burt Reynolds, you know, from the original. <laughs> but I don't remember the character. What was the character's name? I don't even remember. Oh, God. But, uh, yeah. Whatever, whatever the name of his character was, was Adam Sandler. Paul Crew. Paul Crew, oh, thank yes, you. Good that's job. it. Good job, Joe. Yes. Uh, yes, I'll Burt take Reynolds' Joel. name, right? What's that? No, that was also Burt Reynolds' name in the longest hour, right? Paul yeah, Crew's yeah. name. Yeah. It was a remake. So, but I'm gonna go Adam. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Adam Sandler as Paul Crew to be my quarterback uh, as my first pick. I love it. All right, uh, I'm also gonna get a quarterback with my first pick. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with substance and flash. I'm going to go with one of the great all-time quarterbacks in movie history from any given Sunday. Give me Willie Beeman. <laughs> Beeman. <laughs> Willie Beeman. Give me Willie Beeman. Is, is Willie Beeman a fa- flash in the pan, though? No, Willie Beeman's no flash in the pan. Willie <laughs> Beeman Willie <laughs> Beeman needs this opportunity on my fantasy team. Yeah. He, okay. needs, he, needs, he needs the right coach, though. Remember, he, he, he was messed up true. a little bit. Listen, we got the right coach. I don't know who it is. 
Let's call him uh, Smevin Stefanski. Uh, uh, we'll just go with that. Uh, but yeah, Willie Beeman. I want I want the personalities. Okay. I want yep. the guy that can carry the team, and I got faith in. Him. He's a leader. All right. All right, here we go. Uh, is Billy or not Billy? Is Johnny Manziel not a fictional character? <laughs> I mean, would you want him anyway? That's true. In his That's own true. mind, he is. In his own mind. Uh, yeah, uh, Billy Genzel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, yeah. Learn, I'm, not, I'm not a very traditional sports movie guy. Yeah. Uh, but I will oh, take no. Bobby Boucher oh. uh, from The Waterboy uh, as my linebacker. Guy Adam Sandler's been picked twice already. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Bobby Boucher, man, you say one bad thing about water and he will dominate a game. Yeah. He'll dominate a game. Yeah. So I like the pick. It's true. Chad. Okay, guys. Visualize an attack. Go ahead. Two picks, Visualize Chad. an attack. Okay. Uh, well, Joey took my first pick. So uh, this, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with somebody different. Uh, you know, you guys, you know, you took quarterbacks the first time. And, you know, quarterbacks, you know, you obviously want quarterbacks. But the other saying is you're never going to have too many pass rushers. So Uh-oh. I'm going to take, with my first pick, I'm going to take my leader on defense from the Eastern University, State University Timberwolves. Alvin Mack, yep. linebacker. He used to say, who is also Wyatt Davis, the Ohio State lineman. That's his father, apparently. Oh, <laughs> so he has Ohio that. roots. He has Ohio roots. Okay. So I'm going to take him. And then I think with my second pick. But didn't he tear up his knee? I mean, is he still that good? <laughs> He's healthy. He rehabbed. He's good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's good. Uh, so I, I'm going to get my quarterback on the wraparound here, guys. I'm going to go with someone who showed leadership, uh, uh, who shined brightest when the lights in the big moments. I'm going to go from West Canaan high school, John Moxley. Oh, that's a great pick quarterback. John Moxley quarterback. Johnny. I think it's mocked in. I I don't think you get it. Johnny Johnny Moxon. Johnny Moxon. That's what I'm going with. Johnny Moxon. All right. I love love it. All right. So two good picks for Chad. Joe, it wraps back around to you. I'm going with the All-American cross-country athletes. No. Uh, Medal of Honor winner. No. Kick returner Forrest Gump. Oh. <laughs> greatest football players of all time. That was my. That was my. I was hoping for that in the third round. Oh, you yeah. did get to meet the president a few times. Yeah, man. Yeah, I know. He's he's an incredible guy. I just I couldn't yeah. wait for that to snake back around, and I, yeah. he wouldn't have been left good, back when I picked. Good choice. Picks. Good choice. Uh, so that brings it back to me. I was very nervous that somebody was going to take this uh, player, and I am uh, extremely excited to get my defensive captain here. Uh, uh, a legendary rivalry. Stands up to anybody, won't let anything put her down. Ooh. Linebacker, Becky Ice Chest, Ice Ice Box, not Ice Chest. That's what that's mm. what Spike called her. No, Becky no. Ice Box O'Shea from Little Giants. She is a leader. Yes, he is not going to let you put her in a box. <laughs> and when the biggest guy on the other team comes calling, she'll meet him at the goal line and knock his ass out. Becky O'Shea. That's a good that's choice. My, that's my niece. That's and choice. she's pissed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Bull, you get wraparound picks here. All right. Uh, Okay. So I feel like with one pick, I want to take both uh, Gary Vertier and Julius, whose last name I can't think of. Uh, Remember the Titans. 
Can they just be one pick together? No, absolutely not. not. Allowing that. There's no steal. All right. no steal I guess I'll place. take Gary Bertier because I can't remember Julius's last Julius name. Julius Campbell. <laughs> yes, Campbell. Julius Campbell. Nice. All right, so I'll take Gary Bertier. Um, and then my third pick, uh, I'm trying to think some like a movie that we haven't hit on. I want to be a little original, and I'm drawing a blank on a third pick. I feel like I want to skip my third pick and come back to me. Like pull a Minnesota Vikings and miss your pick? <laughs> just, just yeah, you forgot, right, you forgot exactly. the card. Like you, you forgot the card. You get to rush up to the podium real quick to skip me. I got mine ready. Uh, come on, give me another football movie. Why is nothing else coming to me? Um, okay, wait a second. No, you already did the program. Oh, it doesn't. You yeah. can take two from the you, same. I movie. know, but I feel like I should pick a different movie that that. Um, <laughs> Or skip my pick. We'll come back. Listen, to you don't have to take the punk ass Rudy just because somebody's got to say the name Rudy. Like we don't have yeah, to. No, do I'm not it's taking okay. Rudy. I've heard bad things about Rudy. And listen, I'm yeah, going to do. Same I'm here. Gonna, I'm going to do what you didn't want to do, but I'm going to send it right back to the same movie you just picked from. Wait a second. Let me. All right. Let me go now. Okay. I got it. All right. <laughs> I got it. Okay. I'm going to take. I can't think of her name. I, I, I need my kicker. I'm going to take the <laughs> kicker. From Necessary Roughness. Who's Kathy Ireland. Kathy Ireland. <laughs> That's who I'm taking. Best looking kicker ever. I got And she was a great kicker, too. Oh. Gave them. She won their only game for them until the end of the season. Lucy Draper. There you go. Lucy, Lucy Draper, Draper. Kicker. Necessary roughness. That's the the way to wrap it up for me. What I, don't I, I don't know that anybody's going to. I'm going to do the exact opposite of what you just did. Okay. You just took a Kathy Ireland character from a movie. <laughs> I'm doing the opposite. I need a lineman. I need somebody yeah. to protect Willie Beeman. That's uh, true. I need somebody to clog up the middle in front of the ice box. Uh, and he's a two-way player. So I am taking from Remember the Titans. He's got soul. It's Louis Lastic. <laughs> Remember the Titans. He <laughs> <laughs> barely fit in his uniform, Louis. That damn right. And, and you know what? He's a problem. And if you've ever seen the guy, I think his name's Ethan Supley or something like that. Yeah. Look up pictures of him now. He's like a bodybuilder. He's like a bodybuilder. Oh, really? no, he's huge. He's like, but he's yeah. not, he's lost all that weight. And he's put right. on all the other weight and he is, he's like ripped. So wow. I got, I got uh, Louis Elastic. Joe, back right. to you. I'm also going to kick her out uh, <laughs> from the Miami Dolphins. Oh no, Ray Finkel! Ray Finkel! <laughs> I don't know who's going to coach this team. There's a lot of head cases on my team. I am so but... mad I didn't pick that. <laughs> Ray Finkel wow. is going to be our kicker. Finkel is Einhorn. I am so pissed off that I did not pick that. <laughs> Drop the ball. We'll always oh, have our laces yeah. out on our team. I just thought of another movie that we have not picked a player from. Surprisingly, the replacements. Correct. Nobody took. Uh, Keanu Reeves. I, I know. I was between oh. the leg and Ray Finkel. Yeah. Were you? Because yeah. I was. I thought about him too. Uh, all right, Chad, wrap us up. Oh, yeah, Chad, wait, the, make a pick. wait, the leg. Who's the leg? The kicker from a replacement. Yeah, the the Australian uh, guy that uh, yeah. chain smokes cigarettes while he's while he's oh. kicking. Oh, <laughs> he's oh. Kick do you the mean the guy? The do you mean the guy that I was about to take? Oh, well, let's go. <laughs> the kicker, Nigel. Yeah. Yes, uh, damn. He's wiry. Yes. <laughs> He's wiry. <laughs> Nigel, the leg, uh, Gunther, I don't know his last name. But that, yeah, Gunther, that, nailed it. That, that, that's going to be my, thir- my third pick to round out the guys I'm going to build my franchise around. Mm. So, guys, I think what we got to do, we'll put a graphic together for this, and we will put yeah. it out online, and we'll let people vote to see who came up with the best 
team yeah. for, our, for our fictional fantasy football draft. Yeah. Uh, but that was a lot of fun. Bull, listen, man, you gave us a ton of time. Uh, if we kept you too long, sorry, but we had a great All time good. with you. Thank you so much for joining us uh, again. You're catch it was fun, guys. Catch Adam the Bull, Bull and Fox Show, two to seven p.m. every weekday on ninety-two-three. The Fan Plus Bulls. You know you can catch him doing other stuff as well, talking sports, all that stuff. So, Bull, again, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we hope to catch up with you again soon. It was great, a lot of fun, guys. Thanks. And once again, our humongous thanks goes out to Adam the Bull from the Bull and Fox Show on ninety-two-three. The Fan. That was actually pretty cool, guys. At the beginning of that interview. I knew they had been around about 10 years, but we got to kind of celebrate that 10 years. Uh, by the way, if you want to follow Adam the Bull, follow him on Twitter, Adam the Bull fan, Adam the Bull fan. Uh, we got to kind of celebrate with that with him for a minute because their 10-year anniversary is officially coming up on Sunday. Uh, and, and listen, one thing I will say, outside of one show for 92.3, they, a lot of those guys have been around for a long time. Ken Carmen's been there for a long time. Uh, Their afternoon show has been there for a long time since the start. Bull and Fox has been there since the start. They've they've done a great job of just kind of keeping it together and keeping it rolling there. So uh, again, our huge thank you goes out to Adam the Bull. He does a great job with the show, but uh, uh, he did an even better job with us here on the podcast. A great guest. We had a lot of fun with him and uh, hopefully we can have him on again, but go find him again at Adam the Bull fan on Twitter. So, guys, that's going to pretty much wrap it up for episode 78. We've had good beers. We had a lot of laughs. We had some Cleveland love, some Browns love, some Indians like. Uh, And so that's going to just take it to our last segment of the episode. As always, we're going to finish it on the high note. We're going to finish with our three cheers of the week. And I will let Chad, uh, you let us off with the garage beers of the week. I'll let you lead us off with the three cheers of the week. What do you got? All right. Well, uh, this one, uh, yeah, I mean, you talked about a high note. I'm going to end it on a super high note here. Uh, guys, my cheer goes out to OJ. Okay. Uh, you know what? Yeah. Just end the episode. Just end the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. So, in the athletic, uh, you did an interview with the uh, in the athletic. Uh, I don't know. It's like, like a few days ago. Uh, OJ... <laughs> Uh, decided to say because he was named like one of the top 100 NFL players of all time. Uh, and it was a weird interview, but he decided <laughs> he's quoted as saying that uh, he, he has a hard time with L.A., which means he has a hard time going to L.A. Uh, because he uh. feels like he would be sitting next to the sitting next to the real killer. So, uh, I mean, my or cheer, sitting inside of him. So my cheer goes out to O.J. for keeping himself safe. And not going to L.A., <laughs> staying out of L.A. <laughs> and, and for keeping him. himself safe. Good on, good on O.J. Oh, God. For, you know, for, know it, for knowing his boundaries and knowing, you know, not to go into dangerous situations. As O.J.'s always said, safety first. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that is good, one good. of the funniest sorry good on you good on you oj good on you <laughs> the thought of him actually coming out in an interview and saying well i could be sitting next to the killer <laughs> yeah well listen what do they put next- do they put a do they put a mirror in the booth you're sitting in like he, what? he, he, he could be sitting next to him anywhere so but you know la <laughs> is a triggering area for him so oh. good on you oj
Stay safe, Juice. Stay safe, Juice. Oh, God. The new mayor of Safety Town, OJ Simpson. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That was. Thank you, Chad. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. All right. Uh, I'm going to send it to me next. And uh, this one's an actual cheer. Uh, And and it's as much of a thanks as it is a cheer. But uh, there's something cool about the platform that we have here. There's something cool about. Uh, Browns, uh, the Browns family, the Cleveland family, uh, the people that have decided to follow us, enjoy the show. Again, we cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. We hope we make it worth your while. Um, but I was, I posted last week on Twitter that I don't like for me, I don't know. I want to take my son to a Browns game. He's never been to a Browns game, but I, I don't know that I want to go to a regular season game. People get crazy for that. I don't know that I want to spend a hundred dollars on a ticket for a four-year-old to go to a Browns game. That's a lot. And so I just kind of posted, I was like, Hey, I'm thinking about going to this preseason game. And I kind of posted it with the intention of like, Hey, anybody else I follow on Twitter are going to be down there. Maybe we grab a beer. Maybe we say hi, whatever. And I did that. And I get an almost immediate response from a guy named Chris Coverdale. Uh, his Twitter handle C underscore Coverdale. Oh, six. And so Chris Coverdale just responds to me and he goes, Hey, uh, I've got season tickets to the game. I cannot go on or for, for the Browns. I can't go to the preseason game on Sunday. They're yours. If you want them just for free here, take these tickets. Nice. Just a random dude that I've never met before. Browns fan, Brown season ticket holder. I, I, I post a picture of Patrick in his Brown sweatshirt and say, man, I really want to get him to a game. And this guy comes through and he's like, hey, take these tickets. I mean, like, cheers to you, Chris Coverdale. You get my cheer of the week. Dude, my son had the most fun at that Browns game. He didn't really know what's going on because he's four. But when the Browns scored that touchdown in the first half, he was up jumping around, cheering, giving high fives to people. We met the Browns fighter down there, uh, who's a a pretty uh, famous Browns Twitter guy. Uh, We took a picture with him. We just had an overall great time. So cheers to you, Chris Coverdale. That was generous. It was, uh, it was unexpected. And, um, and you made, you, you made memories for me and my son. And, and I cannot thank you enough for that. So cheers to Chris Coverdale. Uh, Joe, I'll send it to you for our last cheers of the week. I need to go first on these things. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh here comes, here comes Joe. Well, here I hate the Joe. military. Oh, man. Um, First of all, I'd like to say F the military. Uh, Secondly. Nope. Absolutely not. Um, I don't know. I mean, mine is so weak that I just am going to end on it anyways. And do it. Go on the sinking ship. I want to thank the technology of exterminators. I've had a brown recluse infestation (laughs) over the past couple of weeks. Oh, no. And thankfully, I only find dead ones now. So uh, thank you, exterminators. Dude. Dude, do not sell yourself short. That is a very valid cheer of the week. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you've got an infestation of brown recluse spiders, yeah. uh, I think anybody listening to this either decides, okay, my place is infested. So I either need uh, a exterminator or I'm lighting the shit on fire. I see them outside of the apartment, obviously, like now, because you can't treat the world of them um and like i'm just so numb to like just killing them now um but it's weird because like i work from home so i'm here all the freaking time and now there's just like dead spiders that i find everywhere and 
Oh. I'm usually like not like a weird guy with spiders, but when they can like make your arms swell up and like you can lose appendages <laughs> from it, like that's kind of where I draw my line. <laughs> not my favorite. <laughs> not my favorite thing. Um, but if you do swallow them, your stomach acid will kill them, and it won't have any adverse effect on you. They can't. So, oh, if you if you swallow a poisonous spider. Um, don't take that advice. Um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure that if you no, 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 no. Joey is not a trained uh, scientist in any way, shape, or form. Please do not go about swallowing poisonous spiders. If you do, you do that at your own risk. The show does not take responsibility for you swallowing poisonous spiders. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> God, Joe. <laughs> That's a good weird route. It, if you see a black widow, just put it in your mouth. It's fine. <laughs> it it's mouth. fine. It's fine. Oh, man. Uh, that was no, a weird endorsement. Was, I think that was valid. I think our three cheers of the week was probably the best one we've ever done, to be honest with you. Uh, wow. <laughs> we had cheers to OJ. We, we had cheers we to, laughed, to Chris Coverdale, which I think what's really fun is Chris Coverdale gets mentioned in the same subject as OJ. Uh, he probably yeah. didn't ask for that. Uh, we didn't put that on Tombstone. And Bra Reckless Spiders. Chris Coverdale does not have trouble with LA. <laughs> no, he can go wherever he wants, really. He's not one really time compared to OJ Simpson. That's what he can <laughs> go out on. All right, boys. That's been episode 78. Those are our three cheers of the week. If you got anything special that you want to cheers this week, send it to us and we'll retweet it out on our page. Uh, listen, before we get out of here, a couple things. Uh, really exciting stuff coming up on the podcast. Next week, uh, Ohio State football starts. And on Thursday, the day of the first game for Ohio State football, we have got one of the absolute all-time greatest Ohio State football players. We have not released who it is yet. We're not going to do that here. But let's just say he's the first uh, to win certain awards, and his name will go down in history forever as one of the all-time greatest Buckeyes. So you do not want to miss that next week. It's a super special episode a super special Ohio state kickoff episode. Then after that, we have other incredible special guests. We're going to play the Brown schedule game with Cameron justice. Uh, PS the last time we played the Brown schedule game with Cameron justice was last year. And we all predicted the Browns to go 11 and five, all of us, all four of us predicted 11 and five for the Browns and the Browns went 11 and five. So you don't want to miss the special Brown schedule uh, schedule game that we're going to release with Cameron justice. We've got other incredible special guests that are already confirmed. We've got uh, RJ Umberger, former Columbus Blue Jacket. We're going to get ready for hockey season. We've got uh, Katie Najat, gold medalist from Cleveland, pole vaulter, gold medalist. And we've got so much more, including some guests that are, uh, we're just waiting on confirming dates, but you're not going to want to miss that, especially you Browns fans. So stick with us, pay attention to our socials, especially if you want to find out the special Ohio State player for next week. We will announce that early next week. You do not want to miss that. So, uh, again, a couple thank yous. First of all, thank you to Adam the Bull from 92.3 The Fan, uh, Adam the Bull Fan on Twitter for joining us. Uh, uh, thank you to all these wonderful beer makers. And as always, our biggest thank you goes to you, the listener. We thank you for your support. Go follow us. If you're not following our socials, specifically, I will uh, uh, shout out Instagram. If you don't follow our Instagram, please go follow our Instagram. Uh, that only helps us to get these amazing special guests that we've been so lucky to have. So that's going to do it for us, for Joey down in Nashville, Tennessee at Garage Beers. Joe, for Chad on the east side of Cleveland at Garage Beers. Chad, I'm over here on the west side. I'm Garage Beers Mike saying that's been episode 78. Don't miss 
Ohio State Buckeyes kickoff episode, episode 79 next week. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.